listening to The Cannabis Agenda, your weekly source for cannabis-related news and informed discussion. We podcast every week covering topics related to cannabis legalization, medical marijuana, and market information. As always, you can follow online with us at CannabisAgenda.com. And now, your hosts, Jamie Cass and Pot Green. Yo, what up? What up, what up? Welcome to the Cannabis Agenda. This is uh, episode 57. Ah, Yes, indeed. Moving on up. Um, Pretty much here, what we do is we cover anything and everything cannabis, uh, but specifically... Um, we do some news deconstruction, so we look at what the media has to say about marijuana, and uh, we deconstruct it because a lot of it is funky, funky and wrong, and just not really leading people in the right direction. What else we do here, Jamie? What do you, what do you, what's this what's this term that you've created? That pretty much covers it. I love to t- I love to to uh, call it activistainment, and uh, I think uh, we've got some feedback where people call it that too. So that's kind of cool to see that coming back to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, because a lot of you out there are listening are activists. It's, you're not you're not our only audience, but uh, there are a group of you out there that are already um, pretty active. And then there's a lot of you that are listening that are becoming active. And um, I th- we think the show, you know, is uh, built for both of you. So um, we appreciate mm-hmm. y'all being here. Uh, everybody that's been hanging around for a long time, you rock, and all the newbies, welcome. Um, mm-hmm. What we got on the show today, Jamie? Yeah, wow. I, I'm pretty. I'm pretty happy with uh, episode 57 of the Cannabis Agenda. I think we got a lot of good, relevant, and pertinent stuff to talk about today. It's going to be our usual up and down roller coaster ride of, oh my god, that's awesome, and what the fuck. So stick around for that one because we're not going to disappoint for sure. We're going to start off as we always do. As I say, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. We'll take some questions and comments from our listeners and share our 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 love and support for all you people that uh, interact with the Cannabis Agenda. That's what makes our show so strong. There's a little uh, in our announcements today. I'm going to tell you a little thing that that Oakland's doing. Uh, actually, today this is going on, a little twist on the 420 and Earth Day celebrations. Let's slam them together and see how that works, huh? Uh, in the national spotlight, we're going to lead off with that one. That's a little bit of our, I guess it's, we're a little heavy on the national side today, and it's it's very important stuff. You know of ASA, that's the Americans for Safe Access. Well, they've, gave a, they've given Obama a little report card on how he's been doing in his administration in regards to medical marijuana, and we'll tell you how that came out. Big Pharma is set to dominate the cannabis market. Could this be true? Well, we'll tell you what we mean by that. Drugs are ready to bail on his job. Well, you know, maybe it's because it's awful and ill-suited position for him in the first place. We'll explain a little bit more about that. Going over to California, the, uh, there's a couple of lawsuits challenging LA's new plan for me- me- uh, medical marijuana dispensary lottery that's going on. We think that's kind of bogus ourselves, but we'll tell you what's happening. Some more stories from California about the IRS. Well, you know what? They've been harassing dispensaries long enough, and one particular owner says, you know, I've had enough of this stuff, and they're gonna, I'm going to sue you back. And so we'll see how that goes. Uh, California legislature is also considering a, an excellent bill and very necessary bill to uh, protect workers' rights. So that's some important things we'll touch on as well. Going to the Rocky Mountain High, there's uh, several important things going on we'll touch on there, uh, including the fact that Montana Governor Brian Schweitzer has, has received their uh, repeal bill for uh, medical marijuana in that state. We'll tell you what he decided to do. Going over to the international scene, some great news from Ontario, and uh, they've 
uh, their high court has struck down uh, their anti-cannabis law, uh, at least a couple portions of it, and we'll explain a little bit more uh, in detail. Jamaica also has taken another look at decriminalization. Uh, it's been a long time coming. Hopefully, that'll go well. Some unfortunate news from Mark Emery. We'll explain about that. Pot in the Pacific Northwest got some stuff going on. The feds were intimidating the Washington State Governor, uh, Chris Gregoire, I believe her name is. So uh, we'll we'll explain what we're, what's going on with that. And guns and med pot, you know, should they uh, should they be allowed at the same time? We'll see what Oregon's thinking about this situation. Uh, take a little smoke break today. Our listeners all seem to have uh, responded that they like that. We'll uh, hit up with the guys over there uh, out in Humboldt and see what they're they're puffing on this episode. Uh, Stone in the South, Oklahoma legislator consider, considers and get this. An incredibly harsh sentence for hash, and you're just going to have to listen to find the details. Believe me, have a barf bag ready for this story. Arkansas MedPod Initiative uh, started their their signature gathering effort um, from the the good folks at Arkansas Compassion. Uh, they're uh, a new organization, fairly new to this to this operation. Hopefully, they're going to do some good things down there for Arkansans throughout the state. Uh, Florida welfare drug testing bill is is going is flying through their legislature somehow. I don't know how that's going on. We'll talk a little bit about uh, Michigan and their MSU extension. That's Mich- Michigan State University, uh, and 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 they're willing to give some advice to people on how to grow cannabis. So that's interesting and a good change. East Coast scoop. We're going to go to Maine, where a legislature, uh, a legislator rather, has standed up for medical marijuana. Actually, this is not just medical. It's it's marijuana legislation across the board, and we'll tell you how she proposes they do that. Vermont also has some positive news going on uh, with a dispensary bill. Uh, pot smell is not enough in Massachusetts for uh, the the popo to pull you over and get you out of your car, says the Supreme Court um, just recently. Also, uh, we'll tell you about where to go to find out if you're, if you're in Arizona, how to sign up for their med- medical marijuana program. And we'll hear from House Majority Whip Lou Lang from the state of Illinois uh, speaking about his uh, sponsorship of House Bill 30 and where that's likely headed. And we're going to end up the show with uh, a walk down the green carpet. Um, 420 Magazine has talked about some of their favorite celebrity stoners with a few uh, kind of enjoyable anecdotes. And stick around for the end of the show because I think we got a great clip this time. Our good friend uh, Mason Tavert will be talking about something dear, uh, close and dear to our hearts, uh, women in the marijuana movement. So uh, it's worth sticking around for. And with that, let's get this ball rolling. All right. Sounds like we've got a pretty full show today. How you doing, Jamie? Everything going good, buddy? Man, I'm hanging in there. There's light at the end of the academic tunnel. Yeah? Gosh, I need uh, all the help I can get, but I think I'm going to make it, so that's a good thing. <laughs> it's relieving. I'm feeling pretty strong. Um, I'm looking to commence, and uh, uh, I don't know, under a month now, I'll be walking in commencement, and uh, and then uh, this weekend, I'm going to be getting inducted into the Communication Honor Society, so there should be some free food in that one for me, too. <laughs> so does that make you a master of communication? Um, no, I'm a, I might be a master debater of communication. Master. No, I'm not. I'm, 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 I'm actually finishing up. I'm what's called a non-trad or a non-traditional um, student. And uh, it just means you're old <laughs> and they don't want to say that because it kind of, you know, poo-poos your whole like enthusiasm. So I'm, uh, I'm, uh, getting, I'm finishing the, the, the baccalaureate leg and uh, hoping to go into a graduate program. So we'll see what's going on. Use the you know, man. As a, as a comm major, though, a lot of my professors – 
you know, they know about this program and this project that we're involved in, and they're really impressed, which is awesome to me, you know, because it's a communication-based uh, thing that we're doing here. And uh, so that's, that's – I'm pretty stoked about that. I'm hoping that can maybe carry me a little bit in my degree process. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. Man, How about I, you? Well, it's been a week, man. I, uh, it was my birthday on uh, Monday. That was rad. Had a really good thing at the house. A lot of beautiful people that I love dearly showed up and made me feel super special and warm at my heart. I love you guys. Thank you all for showing Dude, up. Dude, how did I miss that? Happy birthday, brother. Supporting pot. Um, and thanks, man. And then uh, I went down to San Francisco with this super beautiful woman and spent Jeez. 420 um, at Hippie Hill in San Francisco's uh, Golden Gate Park, which was an excellent, excellent experience. Super good party for 420. Um you know, uh, just tons of booths, tons of people promoting their can of businesses, lots of artists, lots of entertainers, um, super cool drum circle, uh, and a couple of little electronic scenes in the park. It was packed and it was, it was full of fun and, and, uh, you know, um, hobos and hippies and, uh, uh, hula goddesses and, and, and super good weed, um, and a bunch of drunks, you know, there's just no yeah. way to get around the drunks. So, but, uh, it was cool. It was really cool. I had a, I had a good time and, um, I recommend it to anyone that ever wants to hang out in San Francisco for 420. Super good, uh, scene. And speaking of it, what did you guys do for 420? Um, email us, let us know. That'd be really, really awesome if you could do that. Mm-hmm. Um, because we'd like to try and next year, try and have a better grip on what our listeners are into and where they go and what they're into for 420. So yeah. Um, and uh, we did. We were kind of planning on doing a 420 episode. No, we had some people saying that we should have. Uh, this is kind of what we're doing now. So um, we celebrated on 420, and uh, I don't know. In the future, we'll try to see how we can get some coverage on when we're actually at events. Um, but yeah, we appreciate you guys out there. If you want to follow along, you can always just follow along at our website, cannabisagenda.com. It has all the episodes available there. You can listen directly to the shows from the site. You can also check out our show notes where you can click on any of the um, notes and it'll lead you to the links to the stories that helped inspire the conversation. So uh, check that out. Um, while we're at it, canvasagenda.com. You can also now you can donate to us um, for this show to uh, for us to continue to be doing this show. We got to start collecting money. We need some new equipment. Um, and um, we really, really, really would appreciate it if you donate. There's a PayPal account on there now. So does that mean you have to have pay- PayPal basically to... Uh, you can, yeah, you have to sign up for a PayPal account. You can use your credit card or whatever. You don't have to use the like your bank account with PayPal, but okay, yeah, it's PayPal only at okay. the moment. Cool. So check it, hit us up, hook us up with uh, with um, with a donation, and we'll mention you on the show. We would really, really appreciate it. It's time for us to start kind of having to do this sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, help us out. It'd be great. Um, and also, the best way you can help with us is by communicating with us. We love to uh, have a dialogue with you, and we've been getting. Um, tremendous, tremendous um, participation um, over the past like six, seven months. Uh, keep the emails coming in. Uh, that that uh, the email address is uh, info at cannabisagenda.com. You can also call at any time seven zero seven six five four can, which is C A N N, or the number is two two six six. Hit us up. You can leave a voicemail. We'll play you on the air. Um, and um, also, we are on iTunes. Um, iTunes is a really easy way to keep up with podcasts. So check that out. And um, you can just subscribe to it, and it'll download into your iTunes um, as soon as it's available. It makes it pretty easy to follow. And also, if you could, while you're on iTunes, after you listen to us and check us out, leave a review for us. We'd really, really appreciate that. Um, we're also on Twitter and Facebook, so uh, check us out there and uh, suggest us to your friends. 
All righty. Let's get to our questions mm-hmm. and comments from listeners this week. Uh, it was n- not the f- biggest week as far as communication goes, but still a lot of stuff. Roy Airy sent in a scoop in regards to a big U.S. bank laundering billions in drug money from Mexico gangs. Um, we looked at that story. It's a it's a pretty crazy story. We're we've got it on our on our on our uh, topics and ideas to cover, and we're not going to cover it in this show, but uh, we are going to get to that, Rory. So we really appreciate it. Morris emailed us in emailed us to let us know that Alaska is a decrim state, not a medical state. I think we may have said it's a medical state on the show a couple weeks ago, if I remember. We- yeah, yeah, he was he was uh, correcting us. He wasn't really sure, but uh, we sent him some links and let him know how to get a hold of. Uh, I don't know if he lives in Alaska or not, but if he does, he's probably really relieved to find that out. But uh, right, yeah. He loves the show and is a longtime listener, and we appreciate it, Morris. Thank you. Shakedown, you're the man. Emailed us a couple stories, which we are going to cover this week. Thanks, buddy. Um, yeah, we love your questions, comments, scoops, ideas, anyone you think we should interview, whatever, 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 whatever. Send it in. Info at canvasgender.com or call 707-654-CAN-C-A-N-N or the numbers 2266. We've got some announcements, events, and questions to our listeners. What's going on here, Jay? That's an interesting new development going on over in uh, Oakland, California. It's actually happening on the 23rd. Uh, it's a, it's kind of a 420 celebration that's happening a few days late, kind of like our uh, broadcast here. Um, they're going to combine uh, the 420 celebration with Earth Day, and it's called the Deep Green Festival. So you can check out this link for more information about this thing. And uh, they've got a Deep Green website on there, too. So it's pretty interesting stuff. I just wanted to make a quick mention of that. Quick mention. Also, you guys, we are on the normal network, and we want to thank everybody that's listening to us for the first time, second time, whatever time, on the normal network. Uh, we air mo- Mondays at 8 o'clock um, Pacific Standard Time. We're on for an hour, so our show is cut short, um, but it really does generate a lot of um, a lot of positive attention. So if you're checking us out there, um, please, you, you can go to com and listen to the full show, or you can check us out on iTunes if you're there. Um, so yeah, check us out there. Also, if you're a cannabis dispensary in California, please give us a holler. We're trying to get a dialogue going with uh, a dispensary in the area and we would love it to be yours. So hit us up. Looks like now we're going to move on to the national spotlight. What's going on with Obama? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, uh, everybody's pretty much familiar with Americans for Safe Access, a national organization. Uh, they're uh, friends of ours, friends of anybody that's involved with this movement. Um, and they do a pretty good job of assessing what's going on with various uh, leaders, um, not just the president, but other leaders as well. And they have recently assessed, it's I think it were 18 months into uh, Obama's presidency. Is that, that right? That's, I don't know. We're more but, than uh, that. Anyway, right? after the first 18 months, they did an assessment. Okay. Of of how he's doing, how the Obama administration is doing, and uh, they issued him uh, a report card on how he's doing on medical cannabis, and he got an F. He got an F. Yes, Jeez. he got an F. He failed. What they did do, uh, they break it down into what did Bush criteria? Get? What did Bush get? Did he get an F too? I think he did get an F. Okay. Um, if he ever did anything above that i don't even think he got a d i think he got an f he f- straight I'm flunked. Sure. i can't remember back but i can remember back to the that that era <laughs> and it's it feels like that was an f era as far as i'm i'm aware of i mean definitely their drug czars would get like a i don't know if you can can't even give an f minus well, they should have got expelled he got an f <laughs> all he ever made me want to do is drop f bombs and uh in regards right. to cannabis i feel pretty serious about that with obama too why did he get an f mm-hmm. 
Well, they broke it down here really nice for you, and we left the, the PDF on, uh, as usual, if, if you're hearing us talk about it, it's on our website. Go check it out. The link is right there for you, and we can you can access this PDF. It has the full breakdown, and they broke it down to these different categories. Um, enforcement, he got an F, um, and then they say why, and they explain with factual objective information why they gave him or how they went about assessing him and, and, and why they gave him these particular grades. Financial services, he got an F. Um, for veterans, he got a C-. minus. Um, they did help to. They did finally recognize um, medical pot users, veteran medical pot users that are going to the VA, but they didn't do a very good job of it. And I don't. From from what we're hearing so far, it's not working out that that great. It's uh, it's a lot better than nothing. So he got a C minus on that one. Um, the other the other grade, housing and um, and employment, he got a C minus as well. And uh, yeah, that's about the the gist. He got for raids and intimidation. The enforcement thing is an F for sure. And they go through a list of of the the various uh, charges and things that were involved with. Um, there's a few examples for each one, like uh, prosecutions. The Chris Barkowitz, remember Chris Bark Barkowitz, a licensed grower, his Colorado home was raided by Drug Enforcement uh, Administration the day after he was interviewed. But, but you know we recall that one. Right. That was a bad move. But he said, "Hey, what did he say? I'm going to make four hundred thousand dollars this <laughs> year in my basement." <laughs> hey, you know, I don't think that's going to raise any uh, you know federal attention to tell you that in my twelve by twelve space I can make four hundred. But he can't. He was way off. He didn't even know what he was talking about. I don't think. Right. And then their subsequent handling of that situation was really harsh and uh, overly harsh. And they, you know, that, sure. he put himself out. <laughs> he put himself out there without a doubt. But you know, that didn't that didn't uh, garner the results or response that he got. Really, I mean, it shouldn't have. Um, and there's other there's other uh, uh, examples here listed for for every segment, every section that they do. But uh, we thought that that's credible. You know, we we uh, we we like it. We we appreciate and uh, and uh, trust uh, Americans for sake safe access in most cases um any case i can imagine so far or i can recall so far so uh i wanted to share that with you you can check it out a little bit more extensively on our site if you look for that pdf um what do you what do you, what do you make of his policy man didn't he get on there and, and make this big magnanimous statement about not not what i think the funniest thing about his policy is that just because they said that there are a lot of people that are somewhat sympathetic, if not fully sympathetic, with the marijuana movement that actually still believe he hasn't done anything to prosecute medical marijuana. And it's yeah. like, hello, are you yeah. paying attention? No. Well, how come? I mean, it's crazy. Like, I, I, I know as we've been doing this show, we've ran into a lot of people like, well, he said, even professors and stuff that were saying things like that. And it's like, hello. Do you see that he has raided hundreds of people since they've been in Probably. office? And um, wake up, because just because they said it doesn't mean that that's the actual way that they enforce their policy. And, and, and that's why he just got a big old fat F, a dirty F. And it makes you me want to drop the F-bomb on him. Uh, so what do you think? Re- re- deserved or? I don't know. He, they- maybe a D. Maybe yeah. a D. Maybe a D. Just the slight softening of... Um, the PR campaign, you know, mm-hmm. the things they've said, the way they verbalize their policy might have granted him a, a D, but I mean, you know, not a passing grade. Try again next term. Sure. You know, my dad thinks he's going to, that, that, that actually, if he gets, that this can't be an issue that he champions during his first term because it'll help, it, it'll hurt him for reelection, but it's something that he will champion in his second term. And I'm like, dude, you're shitting me. Really? This is like, 
Like, Since this is his last, his term limit will be up, and that's that's kind of like getting tenure or something. He's free to do whatever he wants to, huh? Whatever, dude. He's not free to do whatever he wants. Come on. Yeah. He's the president of the United States. He's Bet. Come on, dude. Like he's He's got so many people he owes stuff to. I mean, it's, mm. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not buying it. I don't think that, that medical marijuana or marijuana legalization will even be on his agenda in his second term. Fuck, he might even be more harsh mm. on it. We'll see. You know, uh, hope not. Right. Well, yeah, we'll have to keep on him, huh? We will. What's going on? With big pharmaceutical companies. They want to dominate the cannabis market. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Corporatism ugly, ugly sucks, yeah. doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, we've we've talked about this for a while. Um, is are people overly uh, nervous about this? Are they getting, you know, paranoid for no reason? Big farmers really certainly not trying to take over the market. Well, here's the thing that's going on right now. Um, you know, in 07, uh, GW Pharmaceuticals, we've talked about a lot on this program, the developers of Sativex, um, who's, who are receiving approval in a lot of countries outside of the U.S. Uh, but in, in 07, they uh, part, partnered with uh, Atsuka to bring uh, Sativex to the U.S., and uh, they they have this huge you know years worth of of different f- phases of trials, and uh, they've just uh, recently completed phase two of e- efficacy and safety trials testing, and uh, they began a discussion with the FDA for phase three testing. And uh, phase three is generally thought to be the final step before the drug can be marketed in the U.S. So there's a possibility that uh, soon we could have. And, and and even GW Pharmaceuticals calls Sativex pure. They they define it as marijuana because it's the whole plant, you know, extract, and and so it's considered marijuana. So we'll have this product controlled by pharmaceutical corporations um, available, perhaps, and at the same time they will retain the the illegal status of the plant itself. <laughs> so wrap your head around that one, if you will. It makes complete sense, don't you get it? Oh yeah, the 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 they want the money and the power and the control and yeah, I totally get it. Corporatism, dude, yeah. that's what sucks. Not legalizing really marijuana. Suck. Corporatism yeah. sucks. I'm telling yeah. you, it sucks. And I and, and I think that's a downside. Of, you know, there's a, there's this great aspect of the the burgeoning marijuana industry, legitimate mar- can of business. You know, like uh, the unionization of bud tenders and the growers union and the national uh, association that uh, the trade association that just went to D.C. to you know and enlighten some uh, lawmakers about their situation. I mean, those are great things. You know, in a lot of ways, but at the same time, it's attracting these. Well, typically rich white guys with tons of money that you know don't give a shit about anything or anybody except making profit because you know there's this, there, there is potential for a, a a ton of profit for if they legalize cannabis i think it'd be a lot better business than the booze business but uh you know whatever the thing about this is we watch it go through the really hypocritical thing about this is we watch it go mm. through this process is it's like okay the fda is admitting I mean, they've already admitted it because THC is a legally sold drug synthesized mm. on the market, and it's safe as can be. Super awesome track record. They, mm. They're just admitting over and over and over again that the different cannabinoids in the plant itself have medical value, but the plant itself has no medical value. I mean, like, um, hello? I, I'm sorry with the hello thing today, but it's like, this just doesn't <laughs> make sense, and it seems, it seems like... I don't know, maybe someone somewhere someday that's important is going to go, uh, guys, you're selling all of the stuff legally now from a marijuana plant. How can the plant itself not have medical value? But uh, right. 
I don't know, because it's dope, and it'll turn you into a brainwash hippie communist. So watch out, people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, I mean, hypocrisy has no limits. I can't believe it. I, I'm really kind of uh, I'm, I'm I'm kind of shocked. And when I say whatever, I don't mean whatever as in we don't care. I mean whatever. Let them make whatever moves they want to make. We're not going anywhere. I know for one, I'm certainly not, and I know you guys aren't going aren't either. Hell um, to the know, no. We'll still be here in mass, and we're growing. You know, growing and growing. So they're they're not gonna they're not gonna co-opt and corrupt uh, our human relationship with the cannabis plant. That's not happening. Ain't nobody gonna take on my style. Ain't nobody yep. gonna... Oh, I can't sing songs on the air. I forgot about that. Speaking of hypocrisy, what's up with the drugs are? Oh, man. I don't really think... You know, Gil Curl... Cur- I don't know. Maybe it's because I made jokes about him earlier in the program. I don't know. Are we that important yet? Um, I think that... I think that he, he just never seemed to have that attitude i mean before he got selected for this position he was he was making comments that seemed marginally kind of anti-drug war movement friendly i mean he didn't he didn't really seem to well without any doubt he was far and away the uh uh different from uh john walters and some of those zealots that really really took to that (laughs) that office and uh i thought that maybe there might be a better you know it might be a little softer approach. He might be a little bit more effective and better um, to person to have into that uh, that that position because maybe he could he could help motivate the the national the federal government into some better stances or positions on things. Uh, as it turned out, that's kind of a mixed bag. I don't really think he's done that, but yeah, it was just kind of how we expected. He didn't. I don't know. He's kind of a flat sort of uninspired performance. I don't really think he liked the job. I don't think he's such a bad guy, really. I think that's most of the problem. And uh, he's he's trying to bail on this position. Uh, really? It makes lo- yeah, it's logical to me. Well, this is what's going on uh, a little bit more specifically. Um he was among the he's among the contenders to become the first Chicago police superintendent in mayor elect Rahm Emanuel's administration. And uh, that is, of course, if you don't know who Rahm Emanuel is, you're not paying attention to politics at all. Right. Um, he uh, recently left Obama's White House as his right hand man uh, to become the mayor of Chicago. And of course, that was the, the you know, I was a big shot, high level. Um, Straight gangster, dude. Straight gangster. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, you know, so he was in the same administration with Gill, and so I mean, there's pretty good likelihood he's going to uh, uh, have a good shot at this position, and uh, especially with this resume bullet that he just got by by I don't know suffering through his tenure as a as a drug czar. I mean, he even jokes about the the name drug czar. You know, he makes fun of that too, rightfully I think because it's but, uh, silly. Hello, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not trying to. Uh, sing the guy's praises by any means so don't take me wrong here because you know it was it's it's you you almost have to be a despicable liar um because you 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 you're required to repeat over and over despicable lies that are harmful to people real people our people my people you know me even and 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 that that sucks and that's not uh that's not forgivable you know i mean he really he really did a, a horrible thing as being the drugs are and being involved in that put himself in that position but beyond that you know i guess uh as far as drugs are like what's that like saying as far as cancer this is probably the best one you can get <laughs> i don't know but uh yeah he's uh he's he's likely to be out of this one uh the question then would be 
who's going to fill his shoes? And uh, uh, I don't know. As far as Obama and his, his F grade is concerned, uh, maybe this is an opportunity for him to improve that uh, track record. Uh, maybe, unfortunately, uh, he might pick somebody even uglier. Right. Uh, you know, God forbid Michelle Leonhardt get in there. But then again, I've heard uh, a lot of constructive conversation about that possibility, if that, if that even was one, um, that, if she, that would be probably the best thing for, for our movement because the just raw, vitriolic, nasty, bile-laden bio attitude that she has, you know? And, and it's poop, she just, dude. It's just poop. That would spark everybody. You know, yeah. everybody's enthusiasm would go through the roof, and it's already pretty heightened right now it'd and growing. Like, so it'd be like shit hitting be, the fans, spots on the wall. I mean, you know, we. It might be the straw that broke the proverbial camel's back. You know, <laughs> it might so be. We'll see, California's always breaking the proverbial back. Let's move on to our California uh-huh. update. What's the deal in Cali? Yeah, well, out in your neck of the woods, there's some stuff going on that you're aware of. There's uh, that lottery plan to decide who in, in L.A. that will decide which uh, mer- medical marijuana dispensaries get to uh, operate. There's going to be a hundred of them, and they're going to they they uh, their latest plan was to hold a lottery to allow uh, figure out which one of the hundred or which one of all of them, which hundred of all of them will get to operate. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, and a couple of uh, uh, dispensaries have been in there. For quite a while, they're well established, and they know what's going on with this pro- with this process with this, this the whole uh, medical cannabis game. They're uh, the the Pure Life Alternative Wellness Center is one of them, and uh, let me see. I'm not sure the other one is in there. House of Kush, I think, is the other one. They filed a separate lawsuit, um, and they're they're suing. Uh, Lo- Los Angeles challenging their lottery plan because they said it's unfair. They said that they've followed the rules all the time, and they're well-established and uh, well-rooted in their area and communities with uh, their patients, and it would be a shame. It would be nonsensical for them to get pushed out. The lottery thing. Do you think they treat any other businesses that way? Any other? Absolutely not. This is just another one of those weird things that they're like, oh, yeah, you sell pot? So like now we're gonna have a lottery. It's awesome, huh? Like you know, there's hundreds of you that want to be involved, but we're only gonna give you like five of them. And it's just gonna be based off of luck. <laughs> what do you think of that? <laughs> I don't like it. I hate it. <laughs> I, I hate it. Yeah, I hate it. I hate it. Really, you know. But you know, that's uh, that's the crazy. Uh, I don't know, folly that we deal with all the time. Um, you know, I miss this movement and I miss this uh, legal climate that we're in. It's just, it's just goofy and ridiculous. I know uh, someday we're going to look back and kind of scoff. Well, we'll probably be long gone by then, but uh, we'll, we'll look back and go, man, they did what? A lottery? <laughs> How archaic and idiotic was that, you know, when they were behaving that way. But, uh, you know, that's not the case now, as we know, so. We strap ourselves in and, and get ready for the big ride. It's all the smog and traffic. It messes with everyone in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. You know, just there's no way around it. It's uh, it fogs the brain, yep. smogs the brain. Yep. Well, that's not the only lawsuit with people fighting back. Uh, dispensary owners. Um, there's a Cal- another California medical marijuana dispensary that's planning to take the IRS to court because they say it is uh, absolutely uh, bullshit what they're doing. 
and it should not be able to happen. And well, we've talked about this. this uh, I think we've touched on it a couple times mm-hmm. within a recent programs that uh, the IRS's tactic is to do these audits. And, and it just screws people because they say that since it's a drug drug dealing comp, drug dealing outfit, you can't write off regular business expenses. Like so, you can't write right. off the fact that you have employees. You can't write off the fact that you had to buy a new uh, cash uh, cash register, or computer, or refrigerator, or, you know, glass, or pay a security guard or anything like that. They they're basically trying their hardest to make whoever that's big enough that they decide to audit pay back pay back all the money that they wrote off on their taxes in previous years. For instance, Harborside's one who they're going after, right? And is this is this a is this a Harborside venture that's going involved in, in suing the IRS? Yeah, no, it's not. Unfortunately, our Harborside's uh, deep in the middle of this process right now. If our hearts go out to those guys, man, freaking IRS. I can't believe they're pulling this uh, garbage. But uh, this one is from the the Marin Alliance for Medical Marijuana in Fairfax, California. Um, Lynette Shaw is the founder and owner of, uh, uh, it's called MAM for short, M-A-M-M. Um, and she's the founder and owner. And she's hoping to strike back before the IRS delivers any more final determinations to other dispensaries uh, that are currently being audited, which would include Harborside, as you mentioned. Um, she's going to file an, an appeal. They just uh, they just sent her a bill for millions of dollars for the exact reason you described. They said, you know, this is a trafficking of illegal substances it involves the trafficking of illegal substances so uh you're not going to be able to have any write-offs and that's how she accrued all those charges and now it's not as if she was irresponsible in any way in running her business or keeping her books or records it's just that the the, it's the federal government's finding this this new approach that's the it's the runaround which is you know stupid i mean like after what obama has said it's like well okay so you're they basically said you can run businesses in your states if you're following all the rules but then they're going to then they're going to come after you and try and find you for for having regular you know write off mm-hmm. and tax processes and stuff you know it, it's it's not as if uh, in this in this current climate we need uh, there's any need for us to trust our government anymore right well, that's true uh, i i hadn't we, thought about that in about 2 minutes yeah so this will uh, this will change things i'm sure uh, in the wrong way in the wrong direction um, but that's what's going on. We'll uh, we'll try to keep an eye on what's going on with this stuff. There's so much going on. Some of the stuff slips under our radar and every now and then, but we try to keep a handle on it. Maybe and, some uh, good stuff, though, right? Workers' rights here. What's up with this one? I think so. This one is a great thing, and Mark Leno is a great thing. He's a great guy, I think. Uh, as as we've reported, shoot, since, since the inception of this audio program and years, years prior to that, um, Mark Leno has been the sponsor of numerous medical and uh I guess, uh, recreational cannabis related bills. Um, he is, he's an advocate. He's standing up and trying to help. And he's not the, uh, uh, a stereotype kind of pot guy. He's, a he's just a sensible person that, that believes that we should make sensible choices and sensible decisions in here. And he's, he's got the guts and the, the, you know, the fortitude to stand up and, 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 and take step forward. And he's done it again, um, this actual this bill was introduced uh, at the end of uh, January of this year, but it's just gone through. The last action just happened uh, on the seventh of this month. Um, it was read the second time, um, and it was ordered to the third reading. And the third reading is generally when they they talk about uh, um, passing it. The on on the fifth of the month, um, the the Senate Judiciary Committee 
uh, voted do pass uh, three to two. And uh, what this is, SB 129, medical marijuana, uh, qualified patients and primary caregivers employment discrimination. And it's, uh, it's an act that, well, let me explain it a little bit here. Existing law, that's uh, the C- Compassionate Use Act of, of 96, provides that a prop... Prop 215, as we mostly know it, uh, provides that a patient or a patient's primary caregiver who possesses or cultivates uh, marijuana for personal medical purposes of the patient upon the written or oral recommendation or approval of a physician is not subject to conviction for offensive relating to possession and cultivation of marijuana. The existing laws require that uh, the State Department of Health establish and maintain the program of, uh, you know, the ID cards and all that stuff uh, to patients qualified and to their primary caregivers if they have them. Existing state laws, however, uh, it states, however, that these provisions do not require any accommodation of any medical use of marijuana on the property or premises of any place of employment or during the hours of employment. Now, this bill, notwithstanding existing law, would declare it unlawful for an employer to discriminate against a person in hiring, termination, or any term or condition of employment or otherwise penalize a person if the discrimination is based upon the person's status as a qualified patient or positive drug test for cannabis uh, except as specified. The bill, uh, it would authorize a person who suffered discrimination and violation of the bill to institute and prosecute a civil action for damages, injunctive relief, reasonable attorney fees and cost, and other appropriate uh, equitable relief as specified, and any other relief the court may deem proper the bill uh, would not prohibit an employer from terminating the employment of or taking other corrective action against an employee who's impaired on the property or premises of the place of employment. Um, so that means uh, they can't bu- bug you about using cannabis medicinally as long as you're not using it while you come to work. If you show up to work and you're you're like all oh, blitzkrieged and your eyes are disappearing then uh, you know that might be a, a different a different issue. Well, what's the deal? Can you show up to work on Vicodin or not? Um, not technically. I don't think. I think they Seriously? have every right to go. No, you can't be under impairment on on Vicodin while you're at work. So if you're but, that, uh, the thing is, do they ever? They don't smell it for sure. Right. So how do they know that you're using Vicodin? You maybe if you're all out of it and just going nodding and off and stuff. Active. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Hmm. Yeah, well, but, uh, I think that's positive. We've got man. this thing up here. We've got uh, also ASA. We mentioned before that did the little uh, report card for the president. They've got this uh, uh, little link. I put this this little mini link right after this story here, so you can find it. Um, they're they're urging you to take action on this right now, and and it's not too late to uh, contact your uh, California legislators legislators if you live in. In California, please contact your senators and let them know uh, what's going on with this and help prevent employment discrimination uh, for responsible law-abiding cannabis patients. And uh, there's a fact sheet on there and the link and a lot of other information you can learn about if you uh, go check that out. So, bromance, you and my, you and uh, you and Mike Leno, uh, you need to, you need, Mike Leno. <laughs> you need to kick it, dude. I think I think you guys are gonna, you know, really really be super tight homeboys. We hit it off, yeah. What's what's Judge? Uh, what was the other guy? Judge James. Uh, from uh, California. Oh, the guy down in Orange County. You really have a crush on him too. <laughs> yeah, I don't even remember right. his name. J- uh, James Gray or something. Yeah. something. That's him. Uh huh. That's him. Yeah, mm-hmm. those yeah. guys. I'm, you you guys need to hang out. I'm serious. I feel. Yeah. I feel we like can share a, a, share a dube. Yeah, dube. I just. Oh, oh, okay. I'm gonna bring this up while we're on it. Young yeah. younger lady I'm hanging out with makes fun of me for saying doobie. Oh Is man. Is that out of date? Is that not fresh anymore? Doobie. I, 
Doobie. Is that dating? Is Doobie cool or not? So, y'all email us in. Let us know. Is Definitely. Doobie outdated? Um, I'm getting made fun of big time for You're saying old. Doobie. I'm old. I'm old. And it, it's it's serious. I need to know what everyone thinks. Please send in your age and whether or not Doobie <laughs> is a cool word because I just don't know anymore. All right. <laughs> On to your Rocky Mountain High. What's happening in Colorado, Montana, and Idaho? Yes, sir. We're starting on a high note. Governor vetoes the bill to repeal medical marijuana law in Montana. We knew that Governor Brian Schweitzer had said that he would likely uh, veto it. He was strongly considering vetoing it. We did not know if it would happen. Um, Thankfully, last week, he did. It went to his desk, and he said, get this frivolous shit out of here. He called it uh, frivolous. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Frivolous, unconstitutional, and direct contradiction to the expressed will of the people of Montana. That's exactly what it fucking is, brother, and good job. If you did anything different than that, I was going to be a big Brian Schweitzer hater, but now I am. I mean, because this has nothing to do with his view on marijuana. It has to do with the constitutionality of the action that the legislature was taking in Montana and trying to repeal a law that was passed by the voters. You cannot do that not cool thumbs down you suck if you do that and just because you tried it your legislature you guys need to consider giving a bunch of those dudes the boot so uh, yeah it's an egregious affront to the people who they by the way are are commissioned to serve right kind of supposedly well yeah (laughs) totally supposedly occasionally What's yeah. going on in Colorado at the House? They passed a new, new, another new medical marijuana rules bill. What's going on there? Uh, yes, they did. Uh, last week, the Colorado House passed HB 1043 by a vote of 52 to 12. Uh, under this bill, the cannab- uh, cannabis growers would be required to register their grow site and identify all patients, be allowed no more than 500 plants at their site unless they have a waiver. And it would, be, it would also extend the moratorium on new dispensaries into the summer of 2012. Uh, Colorado politicians are still busy trying to fix the state's medical marijuana system. Fix. Put that one in in quotations for sure. And they will do so until full legalization comes because that's the, that is their job security. And uh, they're going to keep trying to monkey with this thing as long as they can. But, you know, hopefully they're doing some productive stuff out there. As we know, Colorado has always been at the forefront, you know, of uh, progressive marijuana policy and doing the right thing the majority of the time, I would say. A lot of funky regulation, in my opinion. Just saying, you know, going going the distance to to, uh, regulate. They they might overregulate it to death is the way that um, makes me feel. We hope not. We hope not. Come on, legalization. Once that gets here, they can stop talking about this stuff and stop hashing out all these detailed rules and just go Ooh, make sure you're 21 or, or have a legal medical you know, exemption. Hash. Mm, hash. Mm. Are we getting, we're, oh, we're not quite to our hash break yet. We'll be there later. Um, yeah, what's, yeah. What was up with the hash break in uh, Boulder for 420 Smokeout? What happened there? Fantastic. As anybody uh, probably is tuned into this culture knows, uh, 420 is uh, lo- widely renowned as a special kind of day for the cannabis culture. Uh, some people call it Pot Day, even um, National Pot Day. Isn't that awesome? Anyway, uh, 420 as it occurs, uh, you know, you just you just ran it down at the intro to the show about how much fun you had at a, a small get together, you know, a gathering in uh, San Francisco. It was and, huge. Uh, it was. There was sure. nothing small about it. It was giant. It was huge. That's that's awesome. And yeah. it's probably one of the, actually I think San Francisco, in my opinion, is probably one of the best places you can be. Um, also, along those same lines, I think likely one of, if not the best place 
that I can imagine being for 420 is Boulder, Colorado. I wasn't fortunate enough to be there this year, but uh, a lot of folks were um, up to like maybe 10,000 people lit up on Norland Quad at uh, Boulder State University. And uh, there's a good story here for you to check out in a couple clips. We're not going to play them because they're really uh, highly kind of visually oriented stuff. Um, so we'll let you check those out. But I would definitely recommend uh, scrolling down to the bottom of this story. We have our link on our website here. Scroll down to the bottom of this story. And there's the one called The Out There Guy. He goes to a 420 uh, Celebration in Boulder um, this year. And it's pretty cool. It's pretty darn happening. Um, so, you know, I don't know, there, there's people from all over the country that showed up for that one. Cause it's just notorious and, uh, it's a pretty awesome thing. They wrote some tickets. Um, uh, they wrote a few more tickets than usual. Last time they just wrote a handful of tickets. They wrote, you know, two or three handfuls of tickets this time, but you know, all in all, it's a pretty, uh, low, low key. As far as law enforcement goes, there's a, a lot of law enforcement presence, but most of them are just hanging around smiling, probably watching out for drugs. Watching out yeah. for drunks. That's their job at a stone right. event. Right. There was a, there's a story. You know, you look at this link we got and check out those. Uh, there's two videos on there, actually. And, and you'll see that there are some people that got busted. One guy's uh, talking about, you know, we just came in. We're standing here. And a, a police officer looked at us, you know, made eye contact. And he walked right over to us. And uh, they started asking us what's going on. Empty our pockets. And they took his weed. He goes, he goes, how much weed do you have? He goes, about a half ounce. With some really dang stuff, he said. It may, you could check out the video. It made me go, oh, man, I felt for the guy. But, uh, you know, a little, I don't know if they have to do that just to show that they're still law enforcement. We don't really care much, but we kind of do, and we're supposed to. So we have to make a presence, which is probably the biggest BS reason to uh, behave in such a way I can think of. But uh, that's what's going on. There's another story. I think some guy ran into a, a police car, a squad car. And he was just ripped. And so they said they, they took him to the hospital for marijuana reasons or marijuana purposes. Oh, yeah, okay. Like <laughs> Which is, is ridiculous. I mean, hope they, I, I, I hope they would never arrest somebody for cannabis. I mean, if you run into a squad car while you're driving, you're probably going to get arrested regardless. But uh, they, they hopefully uh, nobody would have to get a blood test. I don't think that's really constitutionally i don't think that's right i mean i don't know if maybe in certain cir extreme circumstances but you know if they did do this and, ch and checked him out to see what he's on hopefully it revealed that he was enjoying some other substances you know otherwise they're you know that's just going to be a kind of stab in the eye for for all the peaceful pro uh pot gatherers there you know like look what it did this guy got smoked some weed and he wrecked his car not only did he wreck his car but he cost the city some extra dough you know but um you know, all in all, it went well. I'd love to go. Have you ever been to Colorado? I've for, been, uh, not for 420. Um, mm -hmm. I really wanted to be there this time because they also have, which we haven't mentioned, the normal normal um, uh, conference was uh, in, in in Denver, I believe, also over the over the 420 weekend, or maybe right now, actually. That's like today. Um, yeah, so, it's huge. Maybe we can do one of our anniversary level shows there sometime. Well, we That'll need you guys sick. to get, we need money. The, the realistic thing is, is for us to start covering these events. And I mean, this is all coming out of our pockets still. We've been doing this for over a year now. If you guys want to help us out, we need your help. We do have a PayPal account now on the website at cannabisagenda.com. You can go on there and you can uh, make a donation. And uh, we will mention you on the air. And any little amount helps. We really, really, really need the support. Um, and we would love to take the show to the next level. And with your with your with your pledges, we'll be able to do that. So uh, please check out that site, check out our site, and, um, and hook us up with some dough if you can. It'd be it'd be awesome. 
So rock. And with that, let's uh, swing on over to the international scene, international insanity. Got a couple things on our radar. First of all, this is a, a potentially big one. Ontario, uh, they're uh, in Ontario, their high court, the uh, Ontario Supreme Court. I shouldn't have made that pun. Uh, struck down the marijuana ban. Uh, Ontario is one step closer to legalization of marijuana, perhaps. Um, see what happened. They struck down two key parts of the Controlled Drugs and Substances Act that prohibit the possession and production of pot. The uh, court declared the rules that govern medical marijuana access and the prohibitions laid out in sections four and seven of the act, uh, I quote, constitutionally invalid and of no force and effect. Um, last week, early last week, uh, effectively paving the way for uh, legalization. I think this story is a really good one, and I stuck with this one. It's a little earlier one. It came out uh, on April 13th, but I stuck with it because I like it. Then again, I don't know if we want to get too overly excited about that possibility, um, but it is a, a, a legitimate possibility. If the government does not respond within 90 days with a successful delay or re-regulation of regulation of marijuana, the drug will be legal to possess and produce in Ontario, where this decision is binding. The ruling stemmed from the constitutional challenge of Matthew Murnog. Uh, Murnog, uh, a man who relies on medical marijuana to ease pain brought on by fibromyalgia, scoliosis, seizures, and depression. Um, the Ontario Court of Appeal previously recognized that to deprive someone with a serious illness of medical marijuana if it relieves their pain is a violation of the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms. Frankly, you know, as a side note, I think it's a violation of human rights and freedoms in a general global sense, you know, so um, at least Canada gets that part. Uh, and as a result of that, the federal government created the Marijuana Medical Access Regulations to let people legally get possession, grow uh, marijuana if they have a license supported by a medical doctor. Now, now, ha- as we have uh, discussed on this program, um, not in the not too recent pa- or not too distant past, uh, it's really it, it, people. I think, and it's, it kind of goes along with what you were saying. People think Obama's great with with medical pot, but he's really not. Well, people have this impression about Canada. Well, it's a lot more true in this case with Canada, um, but. People think that Canada has a MedPOP program and it's sponsored and, and designed by their government, their federal government. They're like, okay with it. Everything's good and you can just go if you need it and get it. It's and, not true. Uh, you know, there's regulations, but that's it. Well, that's not the case because, see, they tell their doctors, do not write one of these things. You can. You have the ability to you know, override our suggestion, but we are the power that you know, controls what's going on and controls your, your profession, doctor. So, you know, they don't really put it in that language, but you get the point. It's kind of an implied intimidation thing. And doctors everywhere are like, screw that shit. I'm not writing any of this stuff for anybody. Forget it. Well, this gentleman had a hell of a time trying to find uh, somebody to write him a, 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 an exemption or a recommendation for cannabis. And he said, you know, it's supposed to be legal. There's a program here, but I can't get it. And I need it. And I deserve to get it. And the law says I should get it, but I can't. Because they're all sitting on their hands and they don't want to be the one to write it for me. Um, and uh, so let me see. The story goes on. Health Canada's medical marijuana program regulates and approves which growers patients can buy from and how much they're legally allowed to use for their treatment. However, Justice Donald Taliano wrote in his decision uh, last Monday um, that Mr. Murna, a well-known uh, marijuana advocate in Canada who's been charged with possession and production of marijuana numerous times so far. He's been unable to get a doctor to sign off on a medical marijuana license. And uh, 
There's a quote here uh, from the policy director for the Vancouver-based Beyond Prohibition Foundation. They, uh, they fight for legalization of cannabis over there in Canada. Um, Jacob Hunter says, doctors often have a great deal of difficulty with this and have in many cases blatantly outright refused to sign the forms. It's meant many Canadians waiting, uh, end quote, uh, it's meant many Canadians waiting to be accepted into the medical uh, marijuana program seek out medical marijuana without a license. At times, that leads to, of course, uh, possession or production-related arrest, which is bogus because they have a law that says that that's not going to happen. Mr. Murnau's criminal charge is permanently stayed, uh, Justice Taliano wrote in his ruling, and he has granted personal exemption to buy or produce marijuana during the 90 days given to the government in order to submit its challenge. The decision's a huge win for legalization supporters and for medical marijuana patients. Uh, I think it represents a dramatic step forward for critically and chronically ill Canadians, a BC lawyer and foundation executive director, Kirk Tussaud, said uh, Tuesday night. It's undoubtedly going to pr- uh, progress through the court system, but it's gratifying to see a court has accepted what so many thousand medical marijuana patients have been saying for years. It's incredibly difficult, if not impossible, to access, mar- access ma- medical marijuana in Canada. You compare the case to that of, of Henry Morgenthaler, the abortion doctor, an advocate whose constitutional win eventually led to the widespread legalization of uh, abortion in, that, in, their, uh, in their nation. Uh, anti-drug action groups and others against the legalization of pot have said legalizing marijuana could lead to widespread use and increased crime rates. It's nothing we haven't heard before, but Mr. Tussaud, this, uh, that attorney, said that if unchallenged, the Ontario ruling could have a ripple effect across Canada. He says, I would argue that if marijuana is legal in Ontario, you can't realistically have it illegal in the rest of the country. So keep an eye on what's going on with this thing. Um, a lot of these guys, the Tories, and I don't know all the, all the parties in Canada, but they woke up the next day and were like, holy shit, what just happened? So, you know, you can definitely expect some sort of action, a reaction coming from the rest of their government. But uh, it's a it's an interesting development, wouldn't you say? <coughs> Pardon me. Yeah, it's always interesting when the court stops you from doing what you're doing, because sometimes that's the final straw. And uh, in this case, it seems like it may not be, but it was definitely uh, an authoritative um, gesture, to say the least, right? When you mm. you know, I mean, it, it definitely holds some weight. So, you bet. Um, yeah. Um, In a separate story, I read that uh, the gentleman right after that ruling, he wasted no time. He went straight to a dispensary downtown and fired up. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Got him some supplies. Nice. Very nice. That's cool. Yeah. Speaking of supplies, Jamaica always has the supplies, but it's illegal. In Jamaica. They do, yeah. Ten years ago, their government appointed National Commission on Ganja produced a report calling for marijuana decriminalization, which the Jamaican government, oh my gosh, surprise, under pressure from the United States, promptly forgot about. Uh, but now the government of Prime Minister Bruce Golding has announced that it will again review these recommendations. Potential good news for Jamaicans. Uh, according to the Associated Press, the decision was announced Monday, or that's a week ago, um, six cabinet ministers will review the 2001 report. That report, which was authored by academics and physicians, found that pot smoking was, quote, culturally entrenched, you think, uh, in the island nation, and that moderate, most moderate users suffered no ill effects while it called for decriminalization. Ominous rumblings from the U.S. Embassy in Kingston at the time ensured that the notion died a quiet death. Ganja is broad, although not complete, public acceptance in Jamaica. 
where it's considered a sacrament by adherence of Rastafarianism, but its possession or cultivation is illegal under Jamaican law. Uh, the Reverend Webster Edwards, who was a commission member, told the Associated Press last Tuesday he was relieved that the report would be reviewed by cabinet members and that he hoped the review would eventually lead to loosening the marijuana laws that would require uh, legislative action, by the way. So there's, a, there's an uphill road here, but... It says, uh, there have been many persons who have been lifelong smokers of ganja who have not moved to harder drugs at all, uh, Reverend went on to say. Uh, decriminalizing very, very small quantities uh, will allow persons not to get strikes against them in the justice system, which makes total sense to all of us, I'm sure. The U.S. has long worked with Jamaican authorities to eradicate m- marijuana cultivation. They just oh, yeah. love that word. Oh, yeah, that's going to happen in a place where um, one of the biggest religious movements um, – Believes in using marijuana for their religion. Mm-hmm. Let's eradicate it. Yeah. Sounds like a like a yeah. That's like a real a that's a real plan. nut tingler for all the overzealous uh, drug war freaks, and uh, they love that word eradicate. Eradicate. Yeah. yeah, we're gonna we aim to eradicate your time. The only way they so. could eradicate it is like to napalm everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've done that before. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how they uh, pull this one off. Yeah. I hope that uh, I hope that the napalm uh, ceases to fly. But, yeah. yeah, napalm sucks. You you know. Let's head back to Canada. Actually, let's not head back to Canada. Unfortunately, looks like Mark Emery is not going to be heading back to Canada. He got his finally got his expected quote unquote denial of treaty transfer from the U.S. Depart- Department of Justice. Uh, what this means is at this point. Looks like he will be finishing up the rest of his sentence in the U.S. Um, instead of in Canada, uh, which last week we reported last week or the week before we reported on the blow to that anyway because Canada had changed its, its rules. Um, mm-hmm. One of the big hopes was that Mark would get sent back to Canada where he would have been eligible already to have been released, but Canada changed their rules on that. Didn't isn't didn't we? Cover that recently? You did, yeah. You covered that story last time about the they 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 ended their early release. So policies. even if he had gone back to Canada, he still would have had to have finished up his full term. But at least he would have been in in his own country, where it would have been much easier right. for his wife to come see him, et cetera, et cetera. Absolutely. Um, probably just would have been easier on him mentally. And I don't know. Just guessing. I might think maybe Canadian jails are a little better than American jails. Yeah, know. especially the one he's at. I think it's in uh, Oklahoma of all places. Oh, great! Yeah, we're we'll, gonna, we're we'll going to talk be, about those guys. We're going to we are going to talk about the Okies in a minute. We definitely will. But we're, as, you're not going to believe it. But, and for a minute, we're going to just go away from the Okies and away from Canada, and not too far from Canada, but a lot further from the from Oklahoma, pot in the Pacific Northwest. What do we got going on up in that that part? Sure. Of the country? Well, there's been a lot of st- lot of stuff going on over there. Their uh, their governor um, Chris Gregoire, I believe they pronounced that um has really been kind of a, a proponent of some progressive changes in their laws she really wants to shore up some uh some positive things she was looking to uh, pass a, a, a some legislation that would allow for dispensaries and regulate dispensaries in uh in washington state uh senate bill 5073 was that one and uh well, it's similar in similar uh, instance uh, that involves Mark Emery and uh, and the story prior to that, and and somehow crudely interlaced to a majority of the stories we'll cover involving these issues. Uh, the federal government has been intimidating people, and they sent a letter to uh, the U.S. Department of Justice, uh, Eastern District of Washington, United States Attorney. See what happened, Christine Gregoire. Uh, inquired to them first to ask for clarification about the laws because she wants to get this thing 
you know, panned out. Well, you can't ask one of those offices about clarification because they're going to give you the whole, you know, dagger thing that they do when oh they they basically told her if you if you if you do this then then the people the government employees involved with implementing this putting this together are subject to to prosecution and they scared her and it worked um she uh she didn't want to put any of her employees potentially or any of the state people uh, in potential danger of getting uh you know in trouble with the feds so that put their dispensary bill in doubt, and it's likely in a follow-up story to this one. They, they, she's, she's planning on uh, likely vetoing it. They're, they're trying to work in the last minutes of this legislation to make some changes and hopefully uh, uh, avoid that problem from happening. Uh, there's been a lot of clamoring uh, for some sort of clarity and an open, honest, uh, productive discussion about this issue, so they can, you know, work it out and not just leave it at that. But uh, there's a lot of activist groups up there that are working hard on this. Um, the Washington Cannabis Association is one of them. That's a newly formed one. Um, and they're, they said they're in the early stages of making some noises to try to get the governor to change her position. Um, another activist group, the Cannabis Defense Coalition, uh, is harshly critical of the bill as amended by the House. Um, there's a, a lot of uh, adjustments they're trying to make to, to try to acquiesce to uh, the governor's fears and try to get something passed. But the, the Cannabis Defense Coalition, for one, uh, says that the House action has torpedoed the bill. Um, the bill as amended by the House includes language, uh, quote, that removes arrest and search protection for authorized patients who choose not to modify, notify the state of their medical treatment decisions and disqualifies parolees and people on probation from any medical use of cannabis, um, which we've talked about that issue before. It's, it's, it's another in the long string of ludicrous uh, ideas that they come up with, you know, okay, it is, it is medicine. Med- all right. All right. It's medicine. Okay. It's medicine. Uh, vote. Okay. The vote passes. It's officially medicine. Oh, wait, you're on probation. Sorry. You can't use medicine. What in the world are they thinking? It, it, it's, it, it's, it goes directly back to what you're always rightfully complaining about. They don't say, okay, wait, you're on parole. You can't use Vicodin. You can't have painkillers. You Sorry. can't. No, no amphetamines. No antibiotics. Is there, is there any way they could like maybe say, you're, you can't get sick? Because if they could work that out, I think a lot of parolees would be down with that. Whole All right, 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 right. It's not that you can't have the medicines for the ailments. It's that you just can't get sick, period. Yeah. I mean, yeah. might as well just go that distance because that's not what they're saying. I mean, that's, you know, obviously that's not what they're saying. They're just saying pot. This is what they're saying. Pot is different than other drugs and it's worse. And there's way more heavy, intense social consequences. And we have to treat it this way because it could get out of control. Be yep. scared. Be scared. I think the uh, cannabis defense coalition is right in being as angry as they are, but they're not nearly as angry as pot provocateur and can care dispensary operator, Steve Sarich. He's even more harsh telling the, the Seattle Weekly that the bill is amended by the House eviscerated patients' rights. Sarich led a small group of demonstrators to the ACLU of Washington offices last week to protest its support of the bill. But now it's up to the legislative confer- uh, conferees and the governor. Um, so we'll see. Will the unpopular House Amendment stand? Will the legislature stand up to the governor? Will the governor stand up to the feds? What's going to happen with this? We'll uh, we'll see, and we'll uh, we'll know soon within the next several days, perhaps, uh, and uh, or s- several work days. That is, and uh, we'll we'll certainly keep you updated as things progress. 
as this nonsense develops. Ooh, 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 ooh. I like the next one. I do. You do? do. Uh Here's a question for you. What Uh. do you think about concealed carry laws? Uh, should they should they happen? Should they not happen? Well, you know what? That's a separate issue from MedPot. Well, at least it used to be. Here's a new thing. What happens when policies collide? These are two big separate issues, medical marijuana and gun permits. Well, w- regardless of how you feel, the law says if you pass the criteria and the background checks and the training involved and whatever the hoops are they have you jump through to qualify for a uh, concealed carry law in uh, the state of Oregon, you're allowed to have one. I don't see any problem with that personally to each their own, but it also says if you are qualified, a qualifying a legitimate patient, you can, you can be allowed to use medical marijuana and you will receive a medical marijuana Uh-oh, card. Let me guess more hypocritical, um, stances on slam jam yeah this is what you get it reminds me of these old commercials oh no i'm not even gonna say that it'll date myself remember the the, the <laughs> reese's cup when they when he's it goes, old you got peanut butter just know my chocolate well this is what happens when you cram two policies together it's not nearly as tasty i'll tell you that much they're saying if you have a concealed if you have a medical marijuana card you can't have a concealed gun permit why and uh that's, oh that's uh, not hypocritical yeah if you use yep. vicodin you're good to go. If you yeah. use Oxycontin, keep your guns. If, if you, you sell Oxycontin, keep your guns too. But not pot. It's a dangerous drug. Uh, right. Yeah. Yep. Awesome. There's a, uh, a 54-year-old uh, lady who has uh, uses cannabis to deal with her arthritis pain and muscle spasms. Two things that are really, really difficult to deal with in life. I can tell you first off, firsthand uh, about that. Um, but also two things that are very uh, that, that have a high efficacy level and and with uh, cannabis treatment. Um, so it's uh, it's good and right for her to do this. But she, uh, well, she plans to keep on uh, carrying her pistol and using the med pot. Uh, and she says, under the medical marijuana law, I'm supposed to be treated as any other citizen in the state. If people can't stand up for their little rights, all their big rights will be gone. So she's uh, she's barking back at these folks and saying that's not right and starting an issue. And uh, we're gonna see we're gonna see where this one goes. This is an interesting thing. What's your take on that? Do you think that uh, think that's a problem? Guns and medical pot and being able to. Have a gun and use marijuana, um, right? Have both at the same, like meaning like concealed. Have a conce- concealed license and have pot in your pocket. Uh huh. Yeah, I mean, just them being on you turns you absolutely into a crazy person, guaranteed. I mean, like just <laughs> them in your pockets means like you're definitely gonna fucking kill people, like for sure. And it's a biological reaction that occurs. Huh? Seriously, like cops need to be out on the streets in Oregon, constantly checking dope smokers for guns. Right. And gun users for dope. And until they've got this in check, society is just gonna just gonna suffer. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean it's it's serious, serious problem. And I'm so glad that Oregon's taking it seriously. Thank you, Oregon. <laughs> I can see the slap is that the slap back and forth on their face? We ap- <laughs> We applaud your efforts <clears throat> in stupidity and hypocrisy. But um, you know, uh yeah. Uh, this, you know what? This definitely requires a hash break. It is time. It's nice. time. 
for your smoke break. It's always 420 somewhere. And today, we're going to smoke some hash. That's right, boys. We're going to smoke some hash. So today, guys, what we're going to be puffing on the cannabis agenda during our smoke break is actually a hash break. Um, And uh, we're smoking some some, butane extract that we bought at a local dispensary. Um, There... A lot. There's a lot of discussion about butane extracts, um, pretty much because those that do it wrong suck, and the ones that you that you ingest that are not fully cured correctly, and that the butane is not ex- you know fully um, what what evapor- It's supposed to be evaporated off of it. Those that are not done correctly, yep, you're probably taking in gnarly a little bit more Ooh. butane than you should be. I mean, you see a lot of us that are smoking weed and cigarettes and whatever inhale butane regularly. But um, when butane extract is done correctly and it's um, cured right, um, there's not a lot of bubbles in it. Um, it's pretty clear, um, amber to dark amber color. Um, it, it, it turns into like a crystal kind of, which forms um, with your fingers. So if you pick up the rock and you like squeeze in your hands, it'll start to warm up just enough to where it'll turn into like a hard gel. And you can make it into these little like booger-sized hits, basically, and smoke just little little hash rips this way. And it's a super. We've talked about it before on the show. It's a super super efficient way to ingest cannabis and and other cannab- uh, you know the cannabinoids uh, associated with cannabis. So I'm a big fan. And uh, nice. don't do it all the time. But I know that when I am in periods in my life where I need to medicate regularly and I go this way, seriously, just a few rips a day. And it works for me. And pretty much mm-hmm. what I've found with it, um, I haven't had a super like, hey, this is definitely an indica-based oil that knocks you out at night. Um, I know that if you smoke heavy on it, it'll knock you out. But if you smoke light on it and you in- ingest this stuff at like a – a good pace, it, it, it's really uppity, actually, and kind of like a, you know, get your day going sort of medication. Uh, the strain that I believe we're smoking on today is uh, Blue Dream. And, um, Beautiful. Yeah, and it's uh, hash oil, and I'm about to heat up my hash bong, mm-hmm. um, which is basically a bong with a different fitting on it, and it has a tea setting out of it, and you can hear this is a, this is a, a butane torch right now that's heating this little quartz crystal it looks like a golf tee um once it's hot i've got my boogers made up and i've got this little stick to stick a booger on oh boogers <laughs> ash boogers ash boogers <laughs> and uh once the crystal or once the quartz piece is really hot um you can tell because it gets orangish yellow once it's hot i put this little dome on on top of it that's kind of uh phallic looking <laughs> Slightly, and uh, and there's a hole in the top, and it makes it to where there's like a kind of a, a, a vacuum once you start sucking through the bong, and um, basically you just touch the uh, booger to the crystal and suck at the same time. You don't need to pull anything, and here I go. A big one. <coughs> go big or go home on the cannabis agenda. <coughs> <laughs> Hash rips and backflips. <coughs> That's right. I recommend I recommend smaller hits with this. Unless you're too big of a booger. Well, I haven't smoked in. <coughs> I just have to say that's an awesome uh, unit of measurement. By the way, I like that. A booger. <laughs> yeah. uh, a small booger, medium booger, huge booger. 
<coughs> it's a really fun thing <coughs> to smoke out of a hookah, too. <coughs> I think it's cool just to say hookah. <coughs> right? <coughs> hookah. Awesome word, man. You know, those guys were fake <coughs> when they came up with that one. <coughs> That's right. <coughs> hookah. <coughs> All right. <coughs> Cogs, you're on deck. All right. You ready, coach? I'm ready. Okay. Get in the game. There you go. There's your booger. Now, folks, while they're busy imbibing, I just want to remind everyone, unless you have medical cannabis laws and are a licensed medical cannabis patient, please don't try this at home. (laughs) Especially hash, because it's hell of illegal in your state if you don't have any sort of medical protections. Even in California, it is kind of iffy, but everybody's doing it, man. (laughs) So, um, But because it's kind of iffy, as a consumer... You probably don't want to have big amounts of this stuff around. Like, just use it every once in a while. And I don't know. It's definitely iffy, but it shouldn't be because it's a really, really um, <coughs> efficient way of ingesting cannabis. So, whoo, 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 wee. What do you think? Does that taste good? That was a blue oh, it, dream. It tastes hash oil. It, uh, most of the hash oils that are done properly. Taste very smooth. Wouldn't you say it's even smoother than, than weed, right? Oh, yeah. I mean. Oh, yeah. Smoother than, you know, vaporized weed. Smoother than, so smooth and tasty. <laughs> I mean, the reason like, we're coughing is we just went big because, <clears throat> you know. Or go home. It's because we're home. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have anywhere to go. So, so we don't even have to go home. We're home. So we don't have to ingest and drive or any crazy stuff like that. We're just uh, doing hash rips, man. And that's. So that was one hash rip. How would you compare it? How many is that a joint? What do you think? How strong do you think <laughs> it is? Maybe a joint. Yeah, it's nearly uh, a joint. Yeah, it's sharing a joint. Yeah, it's at least sharing a joint. Uh-huh. At least with like one other person. Mm-hmm. Um, it's. It, I mean, that was <clears throat> one bong toke, dude. Large. So, right. Large. One, yeah. Large and in charge. Large and in charge. And the Okies are large and in charge. We're gonna move on to Stoned in the South. Oh my God! I can do this show on weed. Hey, mm-hmm. um, and uh, what's going on in Oklahoma? Oh yeah, this is going to be a tough one to get through. I think uh, you know. First of all, I need to preempt this with the with the fact that I do know several people that live in uh, Oklahoma who uh, are also uh, very very uh, proactive in uh, uh, promoting and 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 developing sensible marijuana laws in their state. So it's it's not all bad. So don't get a whole you know picture of Oklahoma as being all bad because there's some great people in there that are under some serious duress trying to suffer through the situation that they're stuck in with their legal climate there. But uh, that being the case, um, I think if I, my mental image right now of, of this state of Oklahoma uh, coming from our cannabis agenda perspective is is that of of Oklahoma and a huge plane crashes right then. There's freaking flames flying everywhere like a bomb just dropped and uh, chaos erupted. Uh, I can't believe this. And you're going to be surprised as well. The Oklahoma Senate Wednesday, last Wednesday, passed a bill that would mandate a sentence of up to life in prison for making hashish out of marijuana. Can you believe it? The House already approved the measure, wow. uh, but it must go back to the lower chamber for a final vote. The measure sailed through the Senate with little debate. Now, listen to this. Life sentence if you turn your marijuana into hash. Right. <laughs> and 44 people out of, uh, out of 46 in their Senate said, well, hell yeah. Wow. And only two of 44 them to two? Wait, wait, what? Really? Yeah. That is yep. crazy, dude. 
No yeah, debate. Gets, no debate it, at the, all. The, the craziness continues. The House also approved the measure by a large margin, passing it on a vote to, of 75 to 18. Whoa. So it's uh, almost a done deal? It's insane. Yeah. Well, it's got to go back to uh, the lower chamber for a final vote. The bill, uh, House Bill 1798, creates a new felony of converting marijuana into hash. The first conviction could garner a $50,000 fine and a prison sentence of two years to life in prison. That's the first conviction. Second or subsequent convictions would net doubled penalties. So I don't know how you're going to get double life because you turned because you used a more efficient and, and intelligent form of, of cannabis. Woo-wee. I mean, hash is not like you changed it and added all these ingredients and made it into some super dope or something that's, that's yeah. not cannabis anymore. It's just cannabis, right? You right. Know, it's just the same thing. It is. So it can yeah. be abused, though. I mean, just like weed itself can be, you know. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma legislative analysts said the bill would cost the state $56 a day or more than $20,000 a year for each day someone's imprisoned. At that rate, if Oklahoma imprisoned five hash makers for 10 years apiece, the bill to taxpayers would be a million bucks. The bill was the brainchild of Oklahoma Bureau of Narcotics and Dangerous Drugs, the OBNDD, which says on its website that its mission is, quote, to serve the citizens of Oklahoma in the quest for a drug-free state. Well, fat chance you're going to get on that one, O-B-N-D-D. And uh, according to the Tulsa World, uh, Tulsa World, I guess, is a, 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 a newspaper there. Uh, O-B-N-D-D said there have been few cases of hash making in the Sooner State. But O-B-N-D-D uh, spokesman Mark Woodward said the goal of the bill is to send a message that illegal drugs won't be tolerated in Oklahoma. Neither apparently will common sense or a sense of proportionality, uh, Philip Smith says from the, the Drug War Chronicle. That's where this one's from, by the way. This story is from StopTheDrugWar.org, so check them out. And uh, I think Philip hit the nail on the head here. You know, Phil's a pretty uh, smart guy as far as this kind of stuff goes, and uh, he's got it right again. Uh, common sense and the sense of proportionality has gone flippantly, like rocket-powered straight out the window on this one. Uh, there's a, 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 an adjacent link that we put on a website. You check this out. It, it's the actual Oklahoma State Legislature site. It has bill information for HB 1798. as the amendments, the bill summary, blah, 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 all these different little sections in there. But there's also a tab you should click on called video. And you can watch Sue Tibbs, a Republican from Tulsa, who looks like she's 173 years old, uh, discussing why this is such an important bill. And you'll see... That how clear she is on what she's doing from her opening statements. The first thing she says is, I hate, I really hate, I don't want to, to, uh, to uh, uh, introduce another felony into the state of Oklahoma. I don't, that's bad. I don't want to do it. And this bill introduces another felony. And <laughs> she says immediately after that, this, that's what this bill does that I'm pushing for. So there you have it. You can listen to the video, uh, live uh, coverage of their uh, house in Oklahoma discussing this bill. Um, I believe one of the a Democrat representative from Oklahoma uh, discusses with her that he would like to put, uh, and he missed the time. He didn't talk to her about it ahead of time or anything, so he, he begged him. I know it's not timely, but can I add something to that? That that uh, uh, What is that? Uh, Fetonephrine or whatever they make meth with? He wants to make that controlled substance too, and he wanted to stick it in here, and they're like, no. It doesn't have anything to do with this bill. We're going to keep it clean, she said. Um, I don't know how you can get away with calling this kind of a bill clean, but that's what's happening down there in Okieville. Unfortunately, man, I feel sorry for you guys. Uh, if, if, if ever 
there were at the time. Now is definitely the time to stand up against these type of, of crazy off the rails. Uh, I mean, that's an egregious affront to the citizens of not only uh, the, the state of Oklahoma, but our country, you know, wouldn't you say? I mean, it's harsh. It's kind of speechless. You know, <laughs> um, it's really harsh on hash. Harsh on hash. It's just that's harsh on hash, dude. And that's, you know, that's all there is to it, man. I don't even know. I mean, I guess, uh, I guess we'll see what, you know, what, how big of a deal it's going to be. The thing that sucks there is like, is it, is this just making it or is it possessing it period? Um, either. And no matter what amount life sentence, uh, well up to a life sentence up to, you know, it's one of those things where they say, well, we're not going to do that. That's just sending the message. You know what? Uh, the law says you can do that. So what if you're pissed or you really want to send a message, then that individual that happens to be there at that point, he's going to get it. What if he says, I don't like the freaking OBNDD. And I think it's housed with mostly complete moron idiots that can't find their own penis. If they have to take a leak, you know, I think they're, I think they're ludicrous and, and pointless and just total assholes and, and, and they, or what if they what if they say something negative about something that some of these people like or what if they do anything that makes them not in their favor and they just don't like this guy well you know what i think that this guy should get 85 years lock him up you're right it's uh it's it's <laughs> it's, cra- it's, it's crazy um, it's almost laughable but it's real and it's happening so yeah it's it's terrifying i can't believe that this shit is going down in oklahoma when i thought that it, you know things were starting to change a little bit a little bit a little bit oh, maybe not yeah um yeah i don't know i don't try to go there very often just to be honest about life for a second yeah <laughs> <laughs> I know I always said uh, I don't go that direction very often either, but I would like to uh, drive around Oklahoma if possible. I always tell my friends, and, and thank God they're so, uh, you know, uh, I don't know, they put up with me and, and, and usually would comply with my request. To, when we go from California over, uh, you know, w- uh, east of there, I would always say, can we drive around Utah? <laughs> and they'd laugh usually and go, yeah, we can drive around Utah. Thank you. <laughs> I don't want to go through Utah, but that's the same same situation with uh, Oklahoma. It's my other Utah over there with their crazy uh, crazy ideas of how awful cannabis is. I guess uh, ignorance still knows no bounds in the in the legislatures of our country. What about Arkansas? How's the- Arkansas? Yeah, Arkansans. Uh, people from Arkansas are called Arkansans. Did you know that? Learn something new every day. And this is actually not a bad story at all. The official, it's official now. The uh, medical marijuana initiative petition drive is gearing up. Those great folks down there at Arkansans for compassionate care. And you know, I want to give uh, give my heartfelt uh, uh, appreciation and, and positive sentiments to those folks down at Arkansas, Arkansans for Compassionate Care for uh, spearheading this effort. This is a pretty good thing. It's a pretty bold thing to do down there, and it's very much necessary in that state for sure. Uh, it's uh, let me see, how many do they need? I think they need an enormous amount of signatures, but. Uh, Undoubtedly, there's thousands of sick and dying people down there in Arkansas, you know, and they're they're forced to make the same difficult decision that a lot of people in the country are. Do they break the law by using a medicine that their doctor recommends or do they continue to suffer like I do without medication that they need or, you know, the alternative as, as opposed or in lieu of the, the, the unacceptable alternative of taking all these pharmaceuticals that wash you out and make you a, a, a drooling idiot, you know. 
And it's unfortunate. Um, and that's why Arkans- Arkansans for Compassionate Care has submitted an initiative petition for approval to the Arkan- Arkansas State Attorney General, Dustin McDaniel. More than 60,000 Arkansas voters must sign the petition. So they need 60,000 uh, signatures for this uh, for it to p- appear on the November 2012 ballot. Uh, Kathy Reynolds, she's a breast, breast cancer survivor living in Bella Vista, says, marijuana saved my life, and I don't feel I should be put in jail for trying to live. Amen there, Mrs. Miss Reynolds. Kathy, uh, like many other Arkansas patients, has found marijuana is the only drug that helps her cope with the nausea associated with chemo. We've heard that a million times. Uh, no other drugs have the therapeutic qualities of marijuana, and we know that as well. So we'll see how this rolls. But yeah, it's it's uh, it's off and running, and uh, thankfully the uh, Arkansas Arkansans for Compassionate Care uh, <laughs> folks there, and we've got that link uh, connected to the link for the story where we got this info from. And you can, uh, by all means, if you're from Arkansas, first of all, thanks for listening, guys, down there. And second of all, get your tails over there to to the Arkansans for Compassionate Care website and find out more about how to get involved in this uh, this process. And uh, at least that's a positive note. It's more positive than this one down there in Florida. You can't believe Ooh, it. Uh, yeah, they, they're talking about this in Kentucky too. They're talking about this in a lot of states. You yeah. know, uh, only one state's ever gotten this passed. I believe it was Michigan, if I'm not uh, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it was Michigan, and uh, it, it got uh, struck down in uh, 2002 by a federal appeals court. They said this is unconstitutional and bogus, and uh, no pa- no state has passed a bill since this since the 2002 court decision. Uh, but bills have been filed in at least 16 states this this year. Um, that's a Florida or it's a welfare drug testing bill. Um, Florida has uh, put forth a, a, a new uh, Florida welfare drug testing or a new welfare tr- uh, drug testing bill. And uh, it's advancing, unfortunately. On April 13th, House Bill 353, as it's called, passed the House Health and Human Services Committee. The same day, the Senate version of the bill, that's Senate Bill uh, 556, won approval from Senate Budget Subcommittee. Both votes were party line votes in the Republican-dominated legislature. No surprise there. Um, under, under this legislation, or proposed legislation, ap- applicants who fail a drug test would be barred from receiving cash assistance for one year. Failing a second drug test would mean a, thir- a three-year ban. Children of rejected applicants could receive benefits if they can find another adult who can pass the drug test to be a payee. <laughs> I, I'm not making this up. <laughs> oh, no. That's really? Oh, I was kind of like hoping maybe, you know, that would have been cool. Mm-hmm. Democrats, by the way, uh, and their supporters retorted that suspicionless drug testing would likely be found unconstitutional. We hope that, that hope the goodness that would be the case. But uh, they also argued that it would be unfair to force people seeking assistance because they're poor to pay the estimated 35 bucks a pop for uh the drug test so they're gonna gonna charge them for the drug test too Uh, are you poor and don't have any food give us 45 bucks or it's 35 bucks and prove that you're not you know don't have any you know drugs in your system that includes cannabis that's why we're reporting on a story because i'm i mean i can't i can't imagine i can't imagine being caught into this kind of a net does that Uh, include tobacco or alcohol Oh, I nope. bet it doesn't. <laughs> no, so you can put tobacco not. in your alcohol and pour alcohol on your burning tobacco while you're ingesting it, and that's perfectly fine. As long as you show up and don't use your food stamps to get any one of those two, then you're good to go. But if you have cannabis in your system, because God forbid, you know, 
we have something beneficial in our in our in our system working within our biology uh then sorry man no food for you no food for you oh we're playing for your shelter too well <laughs> in your case that means no food or shelter how about that should have thought before you took a puff off of that joint shouldn't you um we believe it's it's not quite reasonable to expect folks who are applying for temporary assistance to undergo drug testing that must that they must pay for, said Michael Sheedy of the Florida Catholic Conference, who testified against the bill. It may seem a little uh, onerous to tell uh, owners to tell folks they need to, to be drug tested, uh, conceded Senator uh, Renee Garcia. She's a Republican from Hialeah. But at the end of the day, I want to help people who want to help themselves. How many times have you heard a, a, a rich Republican say some shit like that? We're heading into a court <laughs> no challenge doubt. with this, warned Senator Eleanor uh, Sobel. She's a Democrat from Hollywood. The only state to pass a suspicionless welfare drug testing uh, ban, as I said, was uh, Michigan. And that one got struck down as being unconstitutional. So we certainly hope that uh, some people... You know, the powers that be are paying attention to this and are, are just, you know, standing by idly waiting to strike this one down for the same per- for the same reasons. Um, and we'll, uh, as usual, keep an eye on the, the developments that occur within this uh, ridiculous situation. Super wiggity whack, dude. Uh, wiggity whack. Wiggity whack. Speaking of the one state that did this before, Michigan, they've got, you got a story from Michigan. We do have a story from Michigan swinging down into the uh, Michigan marijuana scene going on right now. This is a pretty cool one, you know, because we talked before. I think it might even have been California where the, the states were saying the uh, the the collegiate uh, kind of, uh, what do you call it, the growing horticulture departments and so forth. They were telling their staff, don't even think about giving any advice about how to grow marijuana. If we find out you did that, you're fired, buddy. And uh, they were warning people, don't do no, don't don't be coming to us to 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 learn how to grow your pot. That's not happening. Well, MSU, that's Michigan State University, uh, the MSU Extension uh, specifically offers advice on growing medical marijuana. They say, shit, man, you don't know what you're doing. Give us a call, man. We'll help you out. In response to the legalization of medical marijuana in Michigan, uh, that's a 2000, 2008 medical Michigan or Michigan Medical Marijuana Act. That is, uh, the MSU extension is making advice available to those with questions on how to care for medical marijuana plants safely and effectively. The uh, MSU extension representatives are giving advice to parties growing medical uh, pot regarding insect control, concerns on plant nutrition, and other information on growing the plant indoors, says Gene Himmeling, an MSU extension educator with a specialty in environmental quality and greenhouse and nursery production. And I hope to God to give them some serious information on how to kill them. Gosh, darn spider mites. Ooh, I hate spider mites. Uh, we do want growers of medical marijuana to follow laws and regulations. She went on to say, and she says also, we'd rather have them come to us than go to the local hardware store and be guessing. So that's pretty cool. You know, Michigan, uh, at it's, least MSU extensions stepping up to help their their folks do things the right way. Does this story mention anything about a federal response to uh, to this? Um, I didn't see anything that says anything about a federal response to it. Um, I'm, I don't I don't think it would be um, unthinkable for them to come back and say, wait a minute, you can't do that. You're aiding and abetting. And, you know, you know. There's there's a good chance that that MSU might step in eventually and go wait a minute we you know or some some person will make a phone call somewhere that starts a bunch of chaos and people are going can we do that I think we might be potentially liable liable oh my god you know whatever you do in any kind of administrative organization or any kind of uh, you know upper cabinet administration don't ever mention the word liable 
We'll have people freaking out and peeing on themselves and running <laughs> wrecks the walls and shit. So I hope that's that's certainly a possibility. I would I would say, but so far, you know what? Kudos and, and, and so much respect going out to MSU Extension for helping people do something that's right, you know, and helping them do the do it in the right way, saving some time and confusion for folks that they care about. That's a good thing, yeah. I think. Additionally, if we go over to the East Coast. I think in uh, the, the state of Maine, we can find some very good things going on. Well, you know, as usual, potentially going on there as well. Um, a maiden legislator is urging for mayor, uh, their state to adopt uh, new legislation that would make marijuana legal. You know, you know, we've been following Maine for a while. It's one of the ones that's up there with uh, probably the best policy. They got the best attitude about uh, cannabis policy of uh, of most any state that we've we've talked about. And of course, Colorado and California, them guys are are always up there in top. But but Maine's Maine's been doing some pretty sensible stuff. They just seem to be a lot more level headed when they talk about these things. And there's always seems to be at least somebody in there that's an open advocate that will talk intelligently about what you know the the necessity and the and the 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 good purpose and and positive function that that those type of of maneuvers would would have uh would bring to the table it's for the members of their state uh legalizing marijuana would just be recognition of the world as it is is what representative diane russell uh who's the lead sponsor of the bill says um she uh representative russell's a democrat from portland by the way she's introduced a bill uh to legalize cannabis there allowing people to grow small amounts for personal use and subject sales to a seven percent sales tax it's reasonable as well uh reports uh ed murphy at the portland press herald uh, the resulting revenue would be directed to law enforcement agricultural programs land preservation re- weatherization and higher education which that's awesome you know but uh russell uh, she's already been anointed toke of the town's favorite main lawmaker and we do a uh, feature i think the story is actually from toke of the town by the way um they're a pretty good good place to get some stuff but uh or some information that is <laughs> we'll be calling them up looking for a baggie by the way um but uh, she, they're, they're already uh, actually a lot of people's favorite main lawmaker. She, sp- uh, she spoke her, about her plan to legalize pot at Portland City Hall with about a dozen supporters and one lone whack job, the story says, uh, wearing a sweater with jail Diane Russell emblazoned on its back. You know, you always got to have at least somebody like that to liven up the environment, I guess. Uh, one by one, people say we should just legalize it. We should just stop wasting all these resources. Let's collect the tax res- revenue off it, Russell said. Um, whether they're going to tell you that at the public hearing or just on the street or in a coffee shop is the real question as to whether or not the bill moves forward. Uh, it's time to change failed drug policies, uh, according to Russell. And we couldn't agree more. Um, she goes on to say, painkillers are the drugs killing Maine people. That's Maine, like in the state of Maine, Maine people. She said, so why are we spending an estimated $26 million per year in Maine to root out, prosecute, and jail people for the possession and sale of marijuana? Let's channel that money toward the real drugs at the core of our addiction issues in Maine. Um, seems pretty sensible to me. She says, uh, I'm not overly optimistic about the outcome, but I think Maine people have sent the signal that we're ready to talk about it, says uh, uh, Representative Russell. She's uh, an ice cream shop manager, so maybe she might uh, and uh, 
she was just reelected to serve a second term in the house last fall. So the people like her and maybe she has a chance of, of benefiting from this, you know, since she knows the connection between cannabis and ice cream is undeniable, but, uh, you know, it's good things. She's stepping out and we'll, uh, as, as always, uh, talk about this some more. I think, uh, do we have a, a news clip for this one as well? Representative Diane Russell of Portland says she thinks Mainers are open to the idea of legalizing marijuana. In 1999, Maine voters approved a referendum to legalize pot for medical use. Ten years later, they voted to create a distribution system for medical marijuana. Russell says the time is right for full legalization. She held a news conference today to explain her bill, which would tax and regulate the drug. And she says it's time to view drugs as a public health issue, not as a criminal issue. News Center's Caroline Cornish has more. Since we have attempted to... Representative Diane Russell is well aware that two other bills that dealt with the decriminalization of marijuana have failed to gain any traction in the legislature. But she feels her bill is different. She says by legalizing, taxing, and regulating marijuana, the state will be able to take power out of the hands of drug dealers and handle addiction as a public health problem, not as a criminal justice issue. Mainstream people do not want to be turning otherwise law-abiding citizens into criminals. LD 1453 would allow Mainers to cultivate marijuana for their own personal use and would regulate some commercial growing operations too. Marijuana sales would be taxed at 7%, and that money would go towards helping small farmers and aiding law enforcement, among other uses. Right now, we have absolutely no control over the market. None. The drug dealers are the ones who are actively seeking our children. Because this bill is so new, Maine's public safety officials have not yet taken a position on it. But the director of the Maine Drug Enforcement Agency, Roy McKinney, says, in general, any move towards legalization comes with serious consequences. What are we looking at with increased use? Drug driving, uh, as well as uh, use in, uh, amongst, uh, increased use among youth, uh, as well as where it's used, um, and, and what impacts that will have on, on society. But perhaps the biggest obstacle that this bill faces is that it would be in direct opposition to federal laws on the books that prohibit the sale and use of marijuana. It's going to vary by plant. McKinney has been instructing law enforcement on how to navigate means medical marijuana law, which forces officers on the state level to turn a blind eye to violations of federal law. And there's going to be that conflict until this is resolved with regard to, um, of, in regard to federal law. Russell says, though, that Maine's recent votes in favor of medical marijuana show the people are on her side. This is the beginning of her war on drug policy in Portland, Caroline Cornish News Center. Russell points out that her co-sponsors include some conservative members of the legislature, including Representative Rich Sebra. The bill will have a public hearing before the legislature's Criminal Justice and Public Safety Committee, but a hearing date for that has not yet been set. And you know, Sebra was listening to that going, oh shit, they didn't have to say it on TV. Right. But it's good to hear there's some, uh, you know... Republican support and and that's happening uh, frequently um, not always to the <laughs> the best effect I don't know but uh, you know in order to get some of this stuff passed forward you know they're they're having to deal across the aisle and and make some difference but you can check out this more we got a great link uh, connected to this story on our site right now um, it's uh, it's got the full language of this bill um, from the 121st 
uh, or 25th rather, 125th Maine legislature. It's called an act to legalize and tax marijuana. And on there, you can uh, download it in uh, whatever format, MS Word, RTF or PDF files. And, and it's, uh, it's got the full language there. You can check it out. Looks like a positive thing. There's more positivity going on as we keep moving along. Vermont medical marijuana bill has met strong senator or strong Senate approval just last week, um, a week ago Thursday. The Vermont senators uh, voted overwhelmingly, 25 to four, uh, to legalize medical marijuana dispensaries in the state. Uh, we will protect patients by providing a legal source," said Senator. Jeanette White, uh, a Democrat from Wyndham. Vermont already has a med- medical cannabis law passed in 04, which allows those with qualifying conditions to sign up for the state's uh, medical marijuana registry and use the drug legally. The bill would give those patients a legal way to buy marijuana if they don't grow it themselves, according to uh, Representative White. The bill would allow the establishment of four state licensed dispensaries, which would grow marijuana under the supervision of the Department of Public Safety and sell it to patients who have written a statement from a doctor who have, a, who have a written statement from a doctor certifying they could be helped by cannabis, uh, reports the Associated Press. That is uh, uh, written by a doctor. Just to clarify that, please don't try to write your own <laughs> statement because it, it's not going to get you too far and you might be embarrassed in the end. Um, and so, yeah, that's uh, there's some positive stuff going on all over the East lately. And this is another instance yeah. where... Uh, it's it's uh, positive. They got some serious momentum going on there. All People got their heads stories. out of their asses in the east. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, positivity. All right, I dig it. Uh-huh. That's good. That's hey good. man, are we on a positive roll? Did, we are. Keep, you want more? Uh-huh. I got more. One more, one more from positivity? the east coast. Oh yeah, yeah. All right, let's do it. How about this one? I love it when it's positive and it has the word Supreme Court involved in it. That's a great thing for all of us. Uh, just recently, speaking of which, the state of Massachusetts, their highest court no pun intended, uh, ruled that the odor of marijuana is not enough, not enough to order a suspect out of their car. The order of the odor of burnt marijuana is no longer enough for police officers to order a person from their car. Now that possession of less than an ounce of marijuana has been decriminalized in Massachusetts, the state's highest court ruled uh, just uh, this earlier this week. W- without at least some other additional fact or bolster a, a reasonable suspicion of criminal activity, the, the odor of burnt marijuana alone cannot reasonably provide suspicion of criminal activity to justify an an exit order, as they call it. The court ruled in a decision written by Chief Justice Roderick Ireland. The court said that the people's intent in passing a 2008 ballot question decriminalizing the possession of small amounts of marijuana was, quote, clear. Possession of one ounce or less of marijuana should not be considered a serious infraction worthy of criminal sanction, end quote. Ferreting out decriminalized conduct with the same fervor. So, you know, hold on a second. I'm going to read this one again. This is very clear. This is good. Ferreting out decriminalized conduct with the same fervor associated with the pursuit of serious criminal conduct is neither desired by the public nor in accord with the plain language of the statute, the court said. Amen. Listen to us, United States of America. This is a message going out to all of you. Read that passage 180 times and give us a call here at the Cannabis Agenda. Justice Judith Cohen uh, who's since retired, penned the dissent. She said, uh, she wrote that up until today, state laws allowed police to perform a warrantless search if they smelled burnt marijuana in a car, as, as many other states still do, by the way. Uh, she says, and I quote, even though possession of a small amount of marijuana is now no longer criminal, it may serve as the basis for a reasonable suspicion that activities involving marijuana that are indeed criminal are underway. 
But you know what? She's retired, so who gives a shit? Good luck, uh, Justice Cohen, and have a great life. And uh, yeah. hopefully, uh, Massachusetts will keep their keep their heads uh, freely and cleanly from their backsides and keep making uh, logical decisions like this. Um, it's good news. That's that was three good news in a row, wasn't it? That was uh, spectacular, dude. I mean, really, it was um, four. If the MSU one is oh, that is a good one. Yeah, four in a row. Man, that's unusual. I don't know about this next one though. Um, anything I hear from Arizona is always kind of, you know, iffy in my opinion. So, well, not this one. This one's no? really easy and quick. All they're yeah. saying is, you know, we talked about the rules being established finally just recently, like about uh, one or two shows back. And now they go, they're just saying that their, uh, their medical marijuana problem is our, our problem program rather is, uh, <laughs> is in business. And, uh, they give you a little link here, uh, how to get to the Arizona department of health services. And, uh, they will be, I think eight, eight AM, um, about a week ago, they, they opened it up and SWAPA will hold an open house from four to 7 PM for volunteers, members, patients, and their caregivers, uh, let me see what else we got going on here. So, so there's, there's an opportunity now to get signed up and get this, get this ball rolling. Um, so if you're from Arizona and you're interested in this, head over to the Arizona department of health services, but you know what? I'll bet you just a hunch, but I'll bet you if you're in Arizona and you have a legitimate need to use medical marijuana, then you are already privy to this information. But, you know, just to keep our listeners informed, that's what's happening in the southwestern area of our nation um, today. Um, this is a good one. I like this. Back to back to my, my home state where I'm speaking to you from at the moment, uh, our, our Midwest melee and glimmers of hope brings us a glimmer of hope um, with mixed results, I think. Um, Illinois MedPots goes is going forward in Illinois, but with some huge changes. Uh, Lou Lang, the majority whip uh, in the House, uh, Illinois House, uh, who also is uh, the the main sponsor of this bill, has uh, came out with a little video, and I think we could just play the clip. And Mr. Lang, Representative Lang, can probably uh, explain this the best. But uh, let, yeah, let's let's take the clip, and then we'll come back from there. Can we do that? As you know, I've been working on passing the medical marijuana bill for some time. The bill we have today is substantially different than the bill that failed by just a few votes a few months ago. Uh, This bill, while still a three-year pilot program, is a bill where uh, instead of being able to grow your own, you'll have to purchase the marijuana from medical cannabis organizations or dispensaries. These dispensaries, though, will be not-for-profit. We did not want to bring in a new industry in Illinois to create a new marijuana sales point uh, to revisit the problems they had in California. And so, uh, additionally, uh, everyone that works at one of these dispensaries will have to be licensed. They'll have to have background checks, not only people who work there, but the owners. They'll have to have a database so that law enforcement knows who's in and out of there, what they're buying, how much they're buying. The bill will require limits on how much a person can buy. The limit would be two and a half ounces for every 14 days, but at no time will any person be able to be allowed to have more than two and a half ounces in their possession. Uh, The bill also says that you cannot drive at all for six hours after having uh, either smoked or consumed medical marijuana. And this way we can ensure that there's safety on our roads. 
we allow in this bill for employers to have any uh, drug-free workplace laws they wish, or landlords to have any drug-free uh, residence rules they wish. Uh, and so uh, this way we've brought in the realtors, we brought in the Chamber of Commerce. Additionally, um, the best prospects for passing this bill are now because we have cooperation from the other side of the aisle. It is true that not every Democrat supports this, but it is also true that in the past only a very small number of Republicans were willing to support this. And now, with some new leadership on the Republican side of the aisle willing to work with us, we've created a bill where I think we have an excellent chance to pass in the next few weeks. Whoa. <laughs> <clears throat> um. Wow, Representative Lang's got his own little intro outro dealio there. Right, right. It's fancy. <laughs> Super fancy. Yeah. Well, he's talking about uh House Bill thirty, uh, which is uh is passed through the human services committee, uh voted six to five to approve it. It's gone on to where it's ready for a third reading. And I'll tell you what, from my on the ground uh, opinion of what's happening with this legislation, I think there's a tremendously high uh, possibility, um, likelihood even, that this will be passed. That's the positive side. Uh, it will allow patients to possess two and a half ounces of medical marijuana for a 14-day period in which the need has been certified in many cases by two separate doctors. Um, it uh, also would require uh, the patient to submit to the Illinois Department of Public Health a, 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 their physician's written certification um, and let me see what else. There's a certain, I think, I don't know the entire list of medical conditions that's in here. It says uh, Alzheimer's, multiple sclerosis, HIV, AIDS, cancer, glaucoma, hepatitis C, epilepsy, and uh, there's several others. And I'm hoping they include chronic pain and intractable back spasms and junk like that because that might be of interest to me. But their governor, uh, our current governor here in Illinois, Pat Quinn, has said that he would very seriously uh, openly consider signing this legislation if it reaches his desk. Kind of sounded like a challenge. If you think you can get it here, then I might be able, willing to check, willing to sign it. So hopefully that's the case, and that's what will happen. Uh, um, Lang says, no one should be denied a healthcare treatment that might improve their quality of life. And I don't think any of us here could argue with that. So uh, that's cool. And uh, I can't wait till the next time I see uh, Representative Lang. I'll, I'll rib him a little bit about it. It's intros. Uh, that was awesome. Don't. Don't yeah. give him too hard of a time. I thought it was cool. It was just kind of loud. I will. You know. I mean, I'll just, thank him. You know. But you know what? They took a, the biggest thing. They took away the uh, the the home grow provision. You know. But then at the, as a kind of exchange for that, they had to guarantee that they would have uh, dispensaries open for people. So I don't know. It's a give and take, and that's kind of what has to happen now. In a lot of instances, you have to be able, and, and across the political spectrum, not just with cannabis-related issues, but especially, you know, and inclu inclusive of cannabis-related issues for sure. Um, you, especially anything controversial, I think, would be the the, the big way to say that. Um, they have to they have to give and take, and and they can get things through that way. So it's a good thing, but it. <laughs> Sometimes is that as as that arguably too high of a cost. So I don't know. I'm not. I'm sure. I'm certainly not trying to poo poo. Uh, you know the legislature's efforts on getting this thing passed. You know, but uh, 
but it, it, it will prove to probably, it would likely be the most restrictive in the country. So, you know, what do you want? You want nothing? You want them to keep uh, dragging their feet and, 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 and staying ignorant of the whole situation? Or would you rather have Illinois State be uh, state number 16 in the United States and uh, have some overly kind of restrictive uh, consequences to deal with? Uh, Illinois. Cover it, Illinois. man. It's always, you know, you, to be fair for, to you, it's covered weekly. I bet we go back forever, Illinois, Illinois. Yeah. Oh yeah, and, and dude, that, that was the best. In, that was the best intro and outro so far. Seriously. Dun, 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 dun. Speaking of, spe- hi, I'm House Majority Whip Lou Lang. <laughs> it was like the <laughs> walk. Some handy legislation. Yeah, it's like he was taking a walk down the green carpet. Yeah, we have a. We're going to take a little walk down the green carpet this this uh, episode. Four Twenty Magazine. We feature them uh, quite a bit on some of our stories. It's a pretty decent place to get some information, pot related information, and uh, you know, inter interactive communication going on there. Um, and for for Four Twenty, the Four Twenty Holiday, if you want to call it that, uh, they decided to single out some of their celebrity pot, their favorite uh, celebrity pot smokers. It's a pretty interesting, kind of fun, lighthearted article to read. Um, give, it a, give it a little look-see if you get a sec. Uh, but some of them that they're saying, it's the, well, actually, this is what they said. To, so to celebrate National Pot Day, they called it, <laughs> uh, we're singling out our favorite celebrity potheads, including Cameron Diaz, uh, who says that she, uh, she, Snoop Dogg was a year older than her and went to her, she went to high school with him. He was a year older than her, and he, she used to buy weed from him. Um, Justin Timberlake uh, she, he says that, uh, with no shows booked for the next couple of days, Timberlake cuts loose as the others trickle in Kadukla and I, and I whip out some pre-rolled joints from an Amsterdam coffee shop. I can't believe how I forgot how much fun this is. Timberlake says before taking another drag from a joint mixed with exotic white widow, AK 47 and Cali buds. Well, it sounds pretty tasty, but uh, that's from an excerpt. Actually, um, Matt, Matthew McConaughey's is funny. Rolling Stone. What was that? Matthew McConaughey's is funny. Oh man. Everybody's heard of that story with Matt. Uh, Charlize Theron says that I she, never heard you know, of this story before. Jennifer Addison loves Aniston. Aniston says, she, you know, she's open about it and, you know, rightfully so, I think. And Matthew McConaughey, you know, the one where uh, they called the police, neighbors called the police because was, there was a lot, a lot of loud noise and music going on over there. I had never they, heard they, this story before. You haven't? No. Oh, my God. It, I liked Matthew McConaughey's actor. I thought he was a pretty pretty cool dude, but, uh, uh, you know, as a person, I guess. But uh, when I heard this story, man, he got some some serious points in the back of my mind. The cops roll up, right, to, to kind of – serve notice that there's been a, a noise complaint and they find McConaughey naked playing bongo drums with the mu- music's just blaring, man. They found a bunch of weed. I guess he had a bong sitting by or something. <laughs> he was puffing down and enjoying his life. I mean, when you think about it in a literal sense, what's wrong with any of that? Nothing really. But uh, cops just said, hey, look, man, you know, we're going to have to write you up. And eventually the drug charges were dropped. But uh, there's some other people in this story too. Uh, Sarah Silverman, Char- Charlie Sheen's goddess number two. You know, you heard about her, got his so-called goddesses. She was a chronic girl, 2010, uh, kind of a catalog girl or something. Um, better known in the weed world as Natty Baby. But I'm in the weed world and I've never heard of that. So I bet she's hot. Um, she's not. She's not not. Um, check her. I'm going to check her uh, out. D- Additionally, yeah, I knew you would. Whoopi Goldberg is another one in there. Lady Gaga, this is interesting. This is a little more timely one, actually. Lady Gaga recently admitted, uh, quote, I still smoke a lot of pot when I write music, so I'm not going to like sugarcoat it for 60 minutes that I'm some like sober human being because I'm not. 
end quote. So that's cool. Um, Snoop Dogg. Uh, oh, of course, yeah. he's very candid. You know, Snoop says stuff, and he says it like in a street kind of kind of twang, and you know, you can discount him pretty easily if, if you're if you have this mindset and you don't let the you know the truth of what he's saying sink through. But really, he's I call it I call it creeper logic. It's kind of like creeper weed when you smoke it and go, man, I wasn't I didn't really feel anything. Oh, oh, whoa, hold on a second. And about ten minutes later, you're going, shit, I'm I'm wasted. You know, well, that's kind of like Snoop's logic. I think. Listen to this quote. He says, "So if I'm smoking weed on stage and doing what I gotta do, it's not me shooting nobody, stabbing nobody, killing nobody. It's a peaceful gesture, and they have to respect that and appreciate that. It's pretty pretty plain and simple, but it's pretty deep too. Guess what? What's that? Natty baby is hot, dude. Yeah, I thought you were going to say that. This is my oh, favorite sure. one to end this story, you know. Um, Steve Martin, and uh, he was pretty famous for saying this, too. This is cool. He says, I used to smoke marijuana, but I'll tell you something. I'd only smoke it in the late evening. Oh, occasionally the early evening, but usually the late evening or the mid-evening. Just the early evening, mid-evening, and late evening. Occasionally early afternoon, <laughs> early mid-afternoon, or perhaps the late mid-afternoon. Oh, sometimes the early mid, late, early morning, but never at dusk. <laughs> so I thought it was pretty funny when he when he gives this kind of sly comment. You know, he's a witty dude, but uh yeah, it's just some fun to end the show with. It's uh it was a good thing to uh to have a, I had a good four twenty. I didn't do a heck of a lot this year, but I had a great time. So, you know. It's good to know that there's some celebrity stoners out there, and, and more and more you'll see that they're less and less and less and less inhibited about you know talking about their association or any kind of affiliation with cannabis. And a lot of them are saying stuff like, "Hey, yeah, I do this, and I'm glad I do it, and I think it's smart to do it, and I'm going to keep doing it." So if you don't like that, blow it up your poop chute. And, hey, that's neat. I'm down with that. What do you think? <laughs> hey, you know what? Speaking of being down with that, I think we're down with finishing up this program. I'm going to let you take us out of here, but but please, listeners, uh, stick around for the end because we got a pretty decent clip. Actually, I love this clip. It uh, features a good friend of ours, Mason Tavert, uh, talking about a great subject that's dear to our heart, women and the women marijuana movement. So stick around for that, and I think you'll enjoy it. Take yeah. us home, brother. Dude, Pop. hey, what do y'all think about the, the new – it's not the new segment. We've incorporated the smoking segment before. Um Whew, this one wow let's um, see it back that one had a little extra punch to it I oh, think. that knocked me I, you should <laughs> <laughs> yeah a little glazed over over here but uh <laughs> we made it through dude you, you're the man you are the man we all think yeah. about jay cass he can do it can he he's the man y'all email yeah. us and let us know what you think of our show we would really really appreciate hearing from you uh ideas scoops people you want us to interview whatever email us uh info at cannabisagenda.com you can check us out at our website which is cannabisagenda.com there you can check out the notes to the show and find all of our links and everything i'm also there you can contribute please consider contributing to us uh by subscribing at four dollars and 20 cents a month or uh, making any one-time contribution you can do that via paypal on uh, our website um, oh, yeah, you can call us anytime, 707-654-CAN-CANN, or the number is 2266. Uh, leave a voicemail, we'll play it on air. Um, check us out on iTunes, subscribe there. It's the easiest way to check out our podcast. Um, and, uh, yeah, we're o- also on Twitter and Facebook. So check us out there and suggest us to your friends. Um, thank you, all of you that have been here for a long time. We really, really appreciate your participation in this uh, community and this movement and for those of you just now checking us out thank you much respect and um, we hope you uh, decide to, to listen again in the future mm-hmm. Peace yeah 57 is a wrap it's a wrap alright guys till Peace. next week
You've been listening to The Cannabis Agenda, your weekly source for cannabis-related news and informed discussion. We podcast every week covering topics related to cannabis legalization, medical marijuana, and market information. As always, you can follow online with us at CannabisAgenda.com. SAFER is a nonprofit organization that's dedicated exclusively to educating the public about the fact that marijuana is safer than alcohol, not just for people who use it, but for society in general. SAFER started in 2005 organizing college students to uh, basically pass referenda on college campuses saying that marijuana is safer than alcohol, therefore the penalties for marijuana should be no greater than those for alcohol. Otherwise, we're driving college students to drink. And so these measures were successful at the two largest universities in Colorado. And since then, we've helped students at more than a dozen universities across the country pass ballot measures on their campuses that call for more rational marijuana and alcohol penalties that recognize the facts on these two drugs. Uh, Just recently, we actually worked with students on more than 85 campuses around the country to raise attention to this debate and to start asking why we're driving students to drink when they might otherwise prefer to use a far safer substance. Uh, We've also run ballot initiatives here in Colorado. In particular, we we ran the citywide initiative in Denver in 2005 that made it the first municipality in the country to remove all penalties for marijuana possession at the local level. Uh, We also ran a second citywide initiative in Denver in 2007, which was successful, that established that marijuana possession by adults is the absolute lowest law enforcement priority for our local police. We've tried running a statewide initiative to make marijuana legal for all of Colorado, but unfortunately we only received 41% of the vote. But at this point, we now in just five years, or four years I should say, in just four years we've seen the number of of Coloradans who support marijuana reform jump from 41% to 49%, according to the latest polls. And we attribute much of this to the change in attitude that's come about because people keep hearing this message that marijuana is safer than alcohol. We have also seen here in Denver, where we are based, uh, a a huge growth in support from 53% when we ran our first initiative in 2005 to now about 68% according to the polls. So what we're seeing is is a, a, a significant increase in support for marijuana reform in the city of Denver and the state of Colorado that's far greater than the increase that's occurring nationwide And we attribute this to the fact that more and more Coloradans are coming to understand and appreciate the fact that marijuana is far safer than alcohol, and it makes absolutely no sense to punish adults who are making the rational, safer choice to use a less harmful substance. SAFER started the women's marijuana movement because there just aren't enough women speaking out publicly about this issue. It was women who helped repeal prohibition of alcohol back in the 1930s, and it's really going to take a lot of strong female voices against marijuana prohibition to repeal it here in the 21st century. I feel really strongly about the women's movement because, again, I just I have seen way too much um, sexual assault and date rape happen on my campus and on my friends' campuses all around the country, and it's almost all the time um, due in part to alcohol. More women are realizing that with marijuana being illegal, uh, teenagers have even more access to marijuana than, say, alcohol because drug dealers don't ID. We're hoping to inspire women to be more comfortable and confident when they talk about marijuana, not just publicly with uh, friends and so on, but with other women, with their daughters, their mothers, their their sisters, and, and so on. We need women talking with each other, letting them know 
that it's okay to say you think marijuana should be legal because there's this certain stigma that if you're a mother or if you are a professional woman, you can't say that you support marijuana because it makes you a bad parent or it makes you someone who can't find a job. But as more and more women do talk about this with each other and with others, um, we're going to find less and less resistance and we're going to find more and more support for marijuana amongst not only women but the public in general. A lot more women smoke marijuana than people think because it's usually, it's typically been seen as like, you know, the stoner guys on college that are smoking marijuana. But um, a lot of my girlfriends do and I think that if they were just given the little push that they would come out and say, yeah, I smoke weed and I want to be allowed to. It's really critical that we talk about marijuana openly because it is a substance that so many people use and so many people enjoy and should be allowed to enjoy. Uh, obviously, some people face the loss of employment or other uh, complications as a result of talking about their own marijuana use, but there's absolutely nothing wrong with talking about your support for changing a law, especially when it's a law that many, many, many people around the country think should be changed, including a lot of elected officials, um, judges, former elected officials and judges, um, professionals, and, and other prominent individuals. So it's, it's time that we come out of the closet in terms of our support for making marijuana legal. And once it is legal, we can then encourage people to simply come out of the closet, or at least allow them to come out of the closet, uh, about their own marijuana use should they choose to use it. So uh, one of SAFER's main goals is to spark conversation and debate about marijuana and about how it's safer than alcohol because it's really going to be these conversations that result in marijuana laws changing. Handing someone a flyer or putting an ad on television isn't going to change the way people view marijuana legalization. They're still going to have that stigma. They're still going to think that it's just something we can't do. But when they have conversations with their family, their colleagues, their employers, uh, and their friends, that's when they start to realize it's okay to support this. It's okay to talk about this. And we start to see more people change their mind. Any women out there who are in support of marijuana legalization or um, have felt or starting to feel that marijuana prohibition is a failed endeavor in our society, you know, get involved. Um, send me an email at women, W-O-M-E-N, at saferchoice.org um, and take a stand for your beliefs in what is sensible in our society in terms of drug policy.